That was a perfect intro. All right, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you start with that. Ah, uh, it's time to relax. You know what that means. It's time for what might be our very last episode because if Pete says that this one doesn't have enough fights in it, I swear to God, I will walk off the show and never come back. This is the original Janksters. I'm Kevin Jank. I'm Peter Jank. Yay! We're back. We're back to uh, just talk about some Rocky Three this week. We are. Up to the third installment of the Rocky franchise, which I am very, very excited about. Um, the first two are obviously like, are, you know, kind of like, like uh, critics tend to like, I think, the first two more so. And the public, I think, is more about Rocky 3 and Rocky 4. I know I definitely am. Like, one and two, I don't rewatch nearly as much as the third and fourth ones, because um, those ones are just more fun. Like, the first two are, they're good movies, but they're very, you know, slow and kind of depressing, honestly, just seeing the way that they're living. Uh, and that, but it's kind of important because you need to see his rise to, you know, having the title and all that stuff. But it's nice to, now we're in kind of the prime of, of Rocky's career where he's he's got the title, he won the title at the end of Rocky 2, and now he's he's up there in the ranks and he's... He's just living his life. He's uh, shit's going good for him, and I like that a lot. <laughs> I like it. It's my favorite. <laughs> so, uh, so this one starts off with a sweet, sweet montage to one of the greatest songs ever made. <laughs> Eye of the Tiger finally makes its debut in this series in Rocky Three. And they beat that like a dead horse. Not the song, but the words, <laughs> Eye of a Tiger. Like a yeah. dead horse. I like that. It's, it's not just the theme song of the movie, it's the literal theme of the movie, too. Yep. Apollo says it probably 70 times. Yep. And I'm not against it. <laughs> yep. I'll just give you my first thoughts real quick before we start talking about the movie. Yeah. So basically... This is a definitely a much better movie than the last yeah. two. Um, uh, I liked this movie. There are definitely things that I disliked about the movie, and we'll talk about that later. But I definitely like this movie way more than the other two. I think the, like you said, the other two are important. I just don't. I still don't agree with them being as long as they were. I don't need that much story to get to to the point of where we're at now. I mean, you could have probably combined those two movies and made one movie out of them. <laughs> and I would have liked that much better because that's basically what you gave me was one, one continuous story with that whole arc to where now we're a few years into the future and we're now seeing what, what is post Apollo before the first two movies were just Apollo. They, they could have easily yep. be, just become one movie still giving me the same story, probably still giving me the same, uh, uh, important bits that I needed to know leading up to, I don't know, this movie specifically. And it would have definitely given me more of like a boxing feel since all in all, I would have had at <laughs> least a total of three fights <laughs> with the two <laughs> movies combined where this one has, uh, more than that. Yes. And they still <laughs> this one is chock full of fights. And this and it's still portrayed a pretty good story with everything going on. I still understood yeah, and everything. Yeah, it's a good 20 minutes. 
shorter than the first two. <laughs> How they did it? Well, probably better writing, better directing, better scripting. <laughs> all right. Let's... Well, I mean, Sylvester Stallone was doing all those things again. Yeah, so. and, and that's fine. You know what? He got better he just, over time. just learned. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure did. That happens. And they really, I feel like they more than ever embraced the montage and they kind of realized that people really like the, the, the training montages and the fights. <laughs> I feel like they kind of took the notes that, hey, people really seem to respond to those sections of the movie. So let's do more of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They definitely, uh, I like the montages and the fights. <laughs> yep. So that's, that's the good part of the movie. Yep. So it opens up with the montage like we said uh to eye of the tiger we get to see rocky doing all of his title defenses uh he's apparently had 10 title defenses since winning the belt from apollo uh and he just just mowing people down just knocking them out and fucking no time at all just just running the shit and uh, we also see the rise of clever lang played by mr t as he's kind of working his way up the ranks of the uh, the boxing world taking out people uh and you kind of see mick at one of those fights one of clubber's fights and seeing what just a monster clubber lang is and looking scared so he kind of sees like oh god this guy's out here we like we don't want any part of this yeah <laughs> this guy's a beast and clubber i mean mr t this is my first real exposure to mr t i would say uh, i was definitely one of his first roles overall and god damn is he amazing in this movie <laughs> Yeah, I've never actually really watched Mr. T in anything, I don't think. I mean, I've probably caught him on a few episodes of, like, the A-Team. I don't really know anything else I would have even caught him on. But, yeah, this is the first time I've actually really (laughs) seen him, minus either goofy videos on YouTube or advertising random shit on TV. So this uh, this was exciting to see Mr. T. Because I I don't really have any feel goods for him. I've never really had that nostalgia for him. I mean, I know of him, but man, man, what a beast! And <laughs> and you can really you can sense the fear in Rocky throughout like the entirety yeah. of the movie. You're just like, oh, I wouldn't want to fight him either. <laughs> He's no. just very angry. He's so angry. Yeah. He's just snarling everywhere and just like he just looks. Just looking at him, you're just like, oh god, what a terrible, terrible, mean man! And it's so weird because, like in real life, Mr. T like became like this uh, this icon of like helping children and all this stuff in real life. Like he seems like such a nice guy in real life, but he was in this movie. He's just such a badass and just like so angry and mean. It's fucking weird. Yep. Like he did that Mr. T be somebody uh, VHS tape, which is all about like teaching kid life kids uh, like life lessons and that kind of thing. And <laughs> there's none of that in here. But goddamn, I wanted to pull some clips from that video, but I should have, but I didn't. But man, that video is great. <laughs> it's just whole, whole sections of him being like, "Hey, you guys know me? Of course you do. That's because I'm famous." <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, good job, Mr. T. There's like a whole section where he's trying to teach kids about like if you make a mistake, instead of like acting all sad about it and ashamed, you just kind of own it. So there's like this kid walking down the street and you see him trip and this guy, like this grown adult just points at him and laughs. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, here's what you do. And then they show it again. And this kid like does the same thing. He trips, but he like turns it into like some kind of break dancing move. <laughs> he does like a little spin kick on the ground. I'm like, that's way more embarrassing than just tripping. <laughs> Now you just look like a jackass. 
<laughs> That's still Who just good. does breakdance moves in the middle of the street? Uh, Sometimes you so just got You just got to <laughs> pretend it wasn't you. Like, who put that rock there? <laughs> Somebody put that rock so there. So true. I'm going to find him. And I'm going to hurt him. <laughs> Bust you up. <laughs> but yeah, Mr. T is great. Uh, his He's not like a very gifted actor. I would say um, he doesn't really sound kind of like realistic. Like his lines don't sound like, oh, yeah, these are coming right off the cuff or anything like that. But, man, he is so good. Like just his delivery is so I don't know. There's something magnetic about it where he's like, I like watching this guy (laughs) because he's so different and fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. I I think he did a really good job. Like I said, he was definitely kind of he was scary. Then that's what he was meant to do. Scary. Um, he put the fear uh, in uh, Sylvester Stallone, and he he pitied him. He pitied him for f- having to fight him again. <laughs> yeah. He pitied that fool. Yep. This was the birth of that whole catchphrase. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. I like Mister T in here for sure. Um, and then we got to see a little bit of Hulk Hogan as well. That was yeah hilarious. Oh God, that was one of my favorite fights of all time. Oh, I can't wait till we get to that. But yeah, so uh, I guess we'll after that we see Polly, who's kind of still hanging around the old, old neighborhood in Philly. Um, he's kind of floundering there. <laughs> uh, he's getting very angry, which that whole part where he goes to the arcade and just like flips the fuck out because he's drunk and angry at, at Rocky kind of being so big and not inviting him along. And he kind of throws the uh, his booze at the Rocky pinball machine in the arcade. like, And it's all slow-mo and it looks bad. Badass, actually, when he throws it and breaks the shit. Like, that part always, like, like got me scared as a kid, almost. Not, like, scared scared, but, like, I was like, oh, man. Like, this, like, shit's really going down here. Even though, really, like, as in jelly, it's like, oh, he's just breaking a fucking pinball machine. It's not that big a deal, but they make it. It, re- it did a really good job of, like, framing it where it seems much more intense than it is. Yeah. He's just angry. <laughs> I will say that the worst yeah. part in this entirety, or in, in this entire movie... Is Polly easily the worst part in this whole movie? Whoa, whoa, whoa! I disagree. We'll we'll talk about one of his great moments later on. I hope we get to that yes. because I'll tell you how it reminds me of certain things later. But all right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so let's see where where do we go next? Um, ah, so at this point, Rocky is going to have a a special exhibition fight for charity, uh, where he is going to it's going to be a boxer versus a wrestler. Uh, he's finding the wrestling champ who is Thunderlips, the ultimate male, which is just a great name. It is a great around. name. <laughs> Played by Hulk Hogan. Uh, so this is a charity match. And uh, <laughs> Hulk Hogan is fucking great in this movie. Like, I've never been a wrestling guy, but man, he was fucking good. And especially to create a whole nother character like this for this movie. Um <laughs> And the fact that he's just, like, the ultimate male when he's got these, like, huge man boobs that are, like, bouncing up and down. And he's, like, flexing them and shit. And he's just like, oh, yeah, ladies. Yep. <laughs> Come and get some of this. <laughs> so good. He is the ultimate male. <laughs> also, in this fight, we get the uh, the greatest announcer of all time. This guy with his fucking mustache like goes like all the way over and around and like up and down. It's like a fucking hipster mustache. But back in the eighties, he was like the original hipster. I think 
Yeah, it was very strange because, like, usually where mustaches grow, his his didn't, like, just follow his lip line. It just kind of went across <laughs> his cheeks, but it started just underneath yeah. his nose. It was very strange to look at. Straight, like, to his sideburns. It's a, it's a very strange look. Yep. As is uh, Mr. T shows up to the fight. <laughs> he's in the audience. He's uh, he's watching this whole thing go down, and he's wearing a nice tuxedo, but he's also still wearing his like earrings with the fucking feathers and shit. Yeah, he's an Indian. <laughs> Very classy. <laughs> yep, and that's why he's the Mohawk too. His Indian heritage. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I like that he just he decided to wear all that with it. If only he had the gold chains on over the tuxedo as well. That yeah. would have really completed the look. You don't even see gold chains in this movie. I think that was just an A-team thing. Yeah. That was just, well, I guess, because he made all the money off of this, and he's like, well, I'm going to buy all, all the gold chains. You have to. All of them. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're having everyone, they're doing the introductions and everything. One of my favorite lines is in this part where uh, Rocky's just like, how much do you think he eats? And Mick goes, about 202 pounds. And then the announcer was like, and in this corner, weighing 202 pounds, Rocky Balboa. Yeah. I like that part. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was a great line. I didn't really get too much of the whole Rocky being a bumbling idiot in this movie. I mean, he's just now grown now. So he still talks yeah. uh, like Sylvester Stallone talks for obvious reasons. Um, but, yeah, you don't really get him as genuine in this movie as the first two movies. He's more now just an adult. It seems like he's just grown yeah. up. Yeah. He's a little bit more sophisticated. Like he's had all this money and I guess he's kind of becoming uh, a bigger deal. Like they show that. Oh, I forgot during the montage, they show all this stuff he's been doing. Like he's been doing a lot of print ads. So I don't know if that means he still isn't very good at reading. So he can't do like a commercials commercials, but he's doing a lot of print ads. He was on, the Muppet Show and everything, so he's, he's his popularity is soaring at this point. Uh, I also I think this might have been before uh, the the fight where him and Adrian are in bed and he's trying to get her to sing. That's one of my favorite scenes ever because she is so bad, like she can't. He's like trying to do 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 do. She's like do 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 do. It's like you know it's do. <laughs> <laughs> you said do most of the time. Yeah, he says do, <laughs> do, 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 like, and she's like do, 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 and he's like no, 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 not do, not do, do. <laughs> so she goes do, 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 do. He's like, mm-hmm. you're an idiot. You're the <laughs> I bumbling you were supposed idiot. To be the smart one, Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> they switched roles. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh. Yeah, that's what you are. You are a big dodo head. <laughs> you said do, do. Do do. You knew it was due, and then you just switched halfway through. You, you have short-term memory problems, apparently. <laughs> what word did I just say? Oh yeah, do. It's do 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 do. All right, let me try. Die die die. No, no, you're an idiot. You're, you've said every vowel, la, but la, do. La, la. <laughs> That's not even close. <laughs> no. <laughs> You just sound like an apple trying to turn on. Ram a lam a ding dong. Shave and a haircut. 
Uh, so uh so the the wrestler versus boxing or boxer match starts up uh and this is just such a fun match i love every piece of it rocky's trying to you know work out what they're gonna do he's trying to be like hey you just chase me around a little bit i'll chase you around but thunderlips is just not having it he starts going to town on rocky just starts beating the shit out of him gives him the old bane backbreaker at one point just puts him over his yeah knee. i thought that was gonna kill him actually <laughs> i thought it was wow that, this movie's over quickly yeah adrian is in the audience just freaking the fuck out mix like starts having heart problems he's like so scared for rocky's life at this point i mean you know he's old so he was having heart problems anyway <laughs> but i'm sure that didn't help um so at one point then uh thunderlips picks up rocky just tosses him right out of the ring into the audience yep. which is fucking great uh, Rocky is just getting angrier and angrier and just like feeling completely helpless. So he, at this point, he tells somebody to cut his gloves off. Which as soon as those gloves come off, I'm like, oh, oh fucking shit, this shit's on. And I get so excited every time I see that part. I could literally watch this fight like over and over again for a week. It was and a good never fight. Never get sick of it. I'd probably get sick of it after <laughs> the third time. But yeah, no, that part is pretty exciting. Yeah, it's pretty great. So he's, he gets in, starts hammering in the body like he does <laughs> uh then thunderlift starts get coming back getting the getting the upper hand again and <laughs> paulie rushes in now that he uh, rocky has finally given him a job as one of his corner men paulie takes a chair comes rushing in just <laughs> whacks it over thunderlift's back <laughs> pulling an old school wrestling move right there during this uh, fight though uh, we do rocky... see mick actually kind of have heart problems because he's getting stressed out so I have to yeah. throw that little bit in there because this, this is very stressful for Mick to watch because Rocky's never done anything like this. So Mick's just kind of like he's in almost over his head, just like I don't know if he he's going to do well. Nobody's ever done this before. So yeah. um, so he he his heart just kind of like is kind of taking a shit at this point. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, it's I don't think this is the first time that's happened, but it's clearly we're seeing uh, it for know, the first time. time. We're really showing. Yeah, they're setting it up on the screen that, oh, he's having heart problems. Uh, so Rocky kind of decides to start choking out Thunderlips, just jumps on his back like Yoda and starts trying to, like, you know, choke him out with his elbows and shit. And starts bringing him down to uh, to his level. And then he starts beating him up again. And <laughs> probably the best part of this whole fight is Sylvester Stallone, who's like a foot shorter than Thunderlips, uh, just like picking up. Hogan as best he can, which really isn't very good because as good as in shape is as he is, like he's struggling under this yeah, fucking mountain shake. of a man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he's he's trying to throw him out of the ring like he did to him, but it's more of just like a little dump. <laughs> it's almost like his arms just gave up at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. It's not much of a toss. <laughs> But uh, so that kind of ends the fight. The ref calls it at that point. He's just like, all right, all right, it's over. It's over. It's a tie. <laughs> yeah. It's a draw. We'll see you all next year. Thank God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was pandemonium there for a little while. It was Thunderlips and like uh, his ladies were all beating up all the security guards and everything. Shit was just getting way out of hand. Yeah. And I like that uh, as soon as the match, as soon as the match is over, like Thunderlips it's like, oh, hey, okay, let's take that picture now. <laughs> He's such a nice guy. <laughs> I know, it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, it's such a good scene. Dude, why are you getting that. all crazy? That, really... Why did you get all crazy? <laughs> That's the name of the game. <laughs> That's a great catchphrase right there. 
that's going in mem- most memorable quotes for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, from there, we go to the uh, the inaugural ceremony of Rocky's statue that they're putting up in Philadelphia. Uh, he's so beloved there for everything he's done, including you know, all his charity work, like this recent thing with Thunderlips, uh, that they built a statue of him, and they're putting it on the at the top of the stairs that he always runs up in uh, Philadelphia outside of the museum. So they built him this nice statue and he kind of takes this opportunity to be like, Oh, you know, I didn't really want to talk about this yet, but I think I probably should like, you know, boxing has been really good to me, but I think it's time I've been talking with my wife and with my manager. And I think it's time for me to step down. Um, just kind of, you know, retire from boxing. He's always trying to retire. It seems like, I know. I was like, really? Ever dude, since there's two. like, <laughs> There's so many movies ahead of you. You're just going to keep failing at this <laughs> retiring thing? Just because somebody keeps calling you out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't really stick to this whole quitting thing. He's a quitter at quitting. Yeah. So uh, uh, then Mr. T shows up, the old clever Lang. He shows up in the audience and starts talking shit. And Rocky's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, I hate you. <laughs> he just immediately takes a hate hatred towards this guy. Whereas, like, him and Apollo always had, like, a, you know, a friendly somewhat relationship. And Rocky really respected him. He fucking hates Clubber Lang from the get-go. Especially once Clubber Lang does the unthinkable and starts talking about Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't fucking do. <laughs> he says... Oh, she looks like she needs a real man. Why don't you come over to my apartment? I'll show her a real man. <laughs> hey, woman. Hey, woman. <laughs> yeah. Rocky obviously gets very angry at this point. The line. And yeah. he's uh, pretty That's much trying to go after me. him in the crowd, but the entire, like, everybody's trying to stop him, trying to stop Clubber Lang. And he's just like, yep, they're going to fight. They're going to fight. He's coming out of retirement yep. early. They might fight right here on the street. (laughs) There's that much bad blood. (laughs) Uh, So this leads to a conversation between Rocky and Mick, um, who apparently, you know, Mick, as we've seen earlier, saw this guy coming up in the ranks and has kind of been ducking him um, and not wanting Rocky to fight this guy because he doesn't want Rocky to lose the belt. He's like, this guy's a a killer. Like, (laughs) I don't want you fighting him. Like, I don't think you can beat this guy he's fucking you know he's crazy hungry like you ain't been hungry since you won that belt yep and you kind of learn that he's the fights you know he's all he has been fighting like ranked contenders in his all his title defenses but they haven't you know been as nuts as uh clever lang has <laughs> and quite as uh you know quite as intense and as tough so rocky kind of feels shitty now that maybe he'd he has this title for longer than he should have because maybe these people weren't as, you know, intent, weren't as scary as they could have been. Yeah, and he almost makes it feel like it's, like, almost everything was like a setup. Uh, but, I mean, yeah. it wasn't, but it it's made it seem that way. So Rocky gets it in his head that, like, maybe this was, all, all these fights were a setup and maybe that's how I've been winning so easily and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> Mick quickly says, no, it just he hasn't fun. been this crazy. Yeah, he finally talks Mick into uh, helping him in this in this last fight by telling him that if you don't if he doesn't help him in the fight, he's going to tell everyone that he has bought a new pair of underwear in ten years. <laughs> you would do that, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, it's so good. 
I don't know where this stuff comes from, but I enjoyed it. Then begins the first thing that I disliked about this movie. Basically, the training montage-ish to Mick training, because he says he wants to go back to, like, the old days. So what he does is nothing like the old days. Um, he pretty much has a gym that everybody's invited to watch him train. And I was just like, hmm. Yeah. This is this is dumb. I already hate this, but let's continue. So Mick also hates this. He's like, you can't train this way. Your head's not right. You need to get back into the game pretty much. And Rocky's like, it's okay, Mick. So then they keep training. They keep training. Eventually, I thought that it would just get to the point to where Mick can't take it anymore, and it's leading up to a decision. Hey, it's either <laughs> your fans or it's or it's the fight. Which one do you want? That that doesn't happen. They just continuously train with all their fans until it's like so late at night, I guess, to where they all leave, and then Rock is just like, "All right, I'm ready to go." And then we do see a touching moment with Mick and Rock, pretty much just talking it out, uh, saying that he's proud of him and stuff like that, which is cool. I I appreciate the scene, but I feel like. This was a letdown because Mick didn't actually get to train him the way that he wanted to train him. But yeah. they never they never ex- expressed that in the movie, which is very depressing because there was a way that Mick would train, at least in the first two movies, that really made Mick Mick. Like, oh, catch this chicken or uh, do these unorthodox <laughs> training things. Well, we didn't see that at all. We just saw Rocky wanting to train how he wanted to train with all of his money and just throwing that around. And then we still get to see Mick just saying, hey, I'm proud of you, which the old Mick would never say that. Like He would be very pissed off that he's <laughs> had to train this way. So I thought that that scene was just like thrown in there just because of foreshadowing. He had to, It was the whole Walking yeah. Dead showing somebody hope, but he's probably not going to last that long. Probably not going to last that long because he's got a little bit of hope. Yeah. So I'm just going to start talking him. about what they're going to do after. What are we going to do after this? Oh, maybe we'll join the circus. Like, as soon as you start planning for your retirement, you know you're not going to make it there. <laughs> yeah. That's just classic of every story. But, I mean, I do understand that because it, whether he got to train Rocky the way he wanted to or not, he's still clearly very – much cares for him um he's they mentioned you know earlier with the whole poly thing that mick has been living with rocky for these last three years yeah. like he's literally been living there like they've been you know attached to the hip pretty much for the last three years so this isn't necessarily the old days where they had a kind of a tough relationship like they're now very very close and mick was trying to train rocky the old school way but rocky was just not having it he was like he, like mick kept saying let's go back to the old gym and rocky's like no i rented out this this hotel it's gonna be real nice and he was it was rocky's fault really that they were doing it that yeah. way he didn't want to do it that way and they also kind of juxtaposed this with clubber lang's training where clubber lang is basically doing it the old school rocky way he's just training by himself and just fucking just really focused and just putting everything into his training. Whereas Rocky's very distracted. He's kind of pulling an Apollo Creed. He's getting too soft and too complacent in what he's doing. And you can kind of tell, Oh, this isn't going good. Especially when they get to the fight and it's only, you know, half hour into the movie and you're like, Oh, yeah, that's not a good sign. But yeah, basically (laughs) we see the touching moment with them. Um, and, now the the big fight between the two of them is pretty much about to happen. Um, basically, the announcer is pretty much saying, hey, you know, the two fighters are getting ready. And they even pull Apollo Creed. Uh, he's like there as a special guest. And he's kind of talking and saying, you know, I, you know, the challenger, super strong, super strong. But Rocky <laughs> does have a very hard head, as you guys know. Yeah. 
Um, but basically, um, we're seeing the two of them kind of get psyched up. Uh, Clubber wants nothing to do with the press. He just wants to be alone. He just wants to be kind of in his own elements where he's just kind of there and mentally getting prepared. Uh, and the press is getting in his face. Or Rocky is uh, kind of uh, getting psyched up. Uh, I think the announcers are talking to him and stuff like that. And this is where he says, yeah, after this, I'll join the circus. This is going to be my last fight kind of thing. So as they're <laughs> about to slowly enter the ring, uh, Clubber Lang is getting in Rocky's face before they even get into the ring and kind of pushes Mick aside. And he kind of falls over. And this is where he gets... His heart really can't take it, and uh, Adrian notices yeah. this, and basically uh, she pulls him into the locker room, and they're trying to get a hospital uh, or a doctor there. Basically, Rock's just now his, he, mentally he's not even there anymore. He, he doesn't want to fight. He even says at a point, "Hey, call the yeah, fight off." And Mick's like, "No, no, no, no. You can fight. You could do this." So basically, uh, you know, Mick's slowly starting to die at this point. His heart just can't. He can't keep going. And uh, Adrian's left in the locker room to pretty much just take care of him until the doctor can get there. Um, and uh, Mick says, no, you need to fight. Go and fight. Go and fight. And uh, Rocky's fine. All right, well, I'll do this. Let, let me do this fight. Yeah. Um, but you know that he's not there. Um, he wants to be there with Mick. He wants to make sure that Mick's okay yeah. and all this stuff. And you, you can kind of see this whole, and like you were saying, like you could see their friendship had to have grown throughout the years because at this point, Rock's just... He's he's very caring for Mick. So the the fight, the big old fight happens, and uh, Rocky's in the uh, in his corner. Paulie's up there and kind of talking to him and trying to get him mentally prepared with all this stuff. And then uh, we see <laughs> I'm no or Paulie's big advice is I'm no or I'm no manager. Just go in there and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> it's good okay. advice. Good. Thanks for that advice, Paulie. <laughs> um. And then uh, we see Clever Lang walk out, and he's uh, very intimidating. He's got that stare. He's got the stare. He's got the itch. Yeah. Um, but basically, he gets into the ring, and there's already bad blood happening. I mean, they're, they start off with the referee pretty much having to already try to get these guys apart. But as they pull them together to Apollo kind of explain. Creed shows up, and he's Apollo Creed is talking to them. He <laughs> kind of greets them all both individually and he goes to clever lang try to shake his hand and uh like clever's just not having any part of it he's just like fuck you you're a paper champ you're a has-been <laughs> you're a has-been talking all mad shit about him yep yeah and it's just like well thanks a lot and so apollo goes over to rocky just like like take this chump out please <laughs> do everyone a favor yeah you know it's funny so you can tell who he's rooting for some reason i didn't realize this but i'm glad that i finally looked it up uh, I didn't know that uh, Apollo Creed was Chubbs this, <laughs> all my life. <laughs> I didn't really know who Apollo wow. Creed was, but yeah, I finally like looked him up to see what else he's been in because I was like, man, this guy looks so familiar, but I can't put my goddamn finger on it. So I was just like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And finally, I looked it up and it said he played in Happy Gilmore. I was like, no shit. He's Chubbs. <laughs> this whole time yep. he was Chubbs. Good old Chubbs. <laughs> um, and he was in Predator. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in forever anyway, so <laughs> I'll just believe you. That's so good. Anyways. Um, <laughs> we'll just be chips. But yeah, so then they get out of the ring. Uh, well, Apollo Creed gets out of the ring, and the announcer, or the ref, pulls the two of them together, says they want a clean fight. Um, and this is where Clubber Lang can see in Rocky's face he's afraid. Because... Again, Rocky wants nothing to do with this fight. He wants to be back with Mick. He's just like, 
Yeah. And you could tell that it may not only just be that, and we find out a little bit more of that later on in the movie, but basically he is afraid. He's he's scared. He, his mind's not there. He wants yeah. to be with uh, Mick. He wants to be with Adrian. He wants to go back and see what's going on. So he's like, fuck it, let's fight. Yeah, I mean, he didn't train as hard as he as he should have. And on top of that, he's <laughs> he's also very distracted and not thinking about this fight at all. He just wants it to be over. So Yeah. Uh, so then uh, the fight begins, and we see Rocky in his classic, I'm not going to block any punches, which is weird. <laughs> because in the montage in the beginning, where he's fighting for the... Uh, the the, the, the defending the belt, he blocks him. He block. There's so many punches that he blocks. He's blocking all of the punches. But he opens up this match. Maybe he's distracted or he's forgotten the last ten important, most important fights of his life, which has led to this point. <laughs> but he's forgotten how to block, which is unfortunate because yet yeah. I've still yet to see him actually block in a true fight. Um, so he uh, he came out strong in this one though. He starts off really good. Like instead of the first couple of fights where. Uh, yeah, this this is one where the first like ten or fifteen punches were all him. Like he's just bam, 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 yeah. just wailing on. He, d- he does. Lang, com- then, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean he does. And then it switches. Yeah, <laughs> he he does come out strong and he is punching. Um, you can see that those years of experience have finally kind of given him. Because I mean, in the other movies, he never started off. He was always just taking punches to the face, wearing the other guy down, and then he'd start to kind of slowly gain his momentum. Where uh, in this one, he, he's got the momentum right up to the start. He's doing uh, a lot of the jabs, 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 a couple hooks in there. But it's weird. I don't understand this completely. But he's doing all these jabs and all these hooks. Now, we've seen him do that with Apollo, and Apollo's face gets messed up. I don't know if it was Mr. Yeah. T just saying, hey, don't do makeup on my face. But it looked like nothing was ever <laughs> wrong with Mr. T's face, even until the very end of the movie. You saw a little bit of blood maybe on his mouthpiece at the end of the movie, but <laughs> never his face being messed up. Um, and I find that very strange. Yeah, maybe it's all the facial hair covering up some of the bruises. <laughs> and it doesn't even matter. Even if Sylvester Stallone had literally a, a, a Duck Dynasty beard, it was always his eyes that were melting <laughs> into his cheeks. So I don't know what. Well, the other thing is uh, also that the Apollo Creed fights all went a long time. Like they all went 15 rounds right down to the end. Whereas both of these fights were over in like two or three rounds. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought the exact same thing. But anytime that. Uh, so, like in the Apollo Creed match in the second movie, when that happened, uh, Apollo Creed would always get the upper hand on Rocky in the first few rounds. But then it would be a round where, and, and and during those rounds, Apollo Creed's face was fine. But then there was that one, there would be one round where Rocky would come in, start wailing on his face, and then it looked like fucking Apollo's eyes were melting on that one round. <laughs> I mean, Mr. T took a lot of shots to the face before he started fighting, and his face was completely fine, which makes the viewers at home think that he has a harder head than Rocky does. So why can't he take a bigger punch towards the end of the movie? Um, I know that he gets tired out, which I mean, technically, well, whatever. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But basically, <laughs> uh, Rocky does start out strong. He does do a lot of jabs and a couple hooks to uh, Mr. T. It doesn't seem to phase him very much um, because uh-huh. as soon as he, uh, uh, Clubber pretty much gains his momentum, he can't stop wailing, and he's pretty much. It's not like many jabs, but when you get hit by him, it, it shook the earth. And there would be times yeah. where Rocky would try to like maybe like juke out of the way but then clubber lane would like 
grab him by the body and throw him <laughs> yeah. back into the corner and just right hook him in Which the face again. I don't again. think is legal. <laughs> I don't know if it's legal either. I, I'm not entirely sure what any of the rules in Lang, are. like, yeah, I think he was doing a lot of illegal stuff because, like, early on in his, the uh, the first montage where they're showing some of the Clubber's fights, like, I'm pretty sure one of those guys was down. Like, he was, like, on his knees, and Clubber just goes in and punches the guy. <laughs> like, that's definitely illegal. That's a disqualification right there. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> Let's not try to think too much about that because I'm sure most of these movies are illegal. Um, <laughs> it's true. But, yeah, basically, uh, Clubber Lane definitely uh, wins that first round. He just kind of wails on Rocky. Rocky's face is already kind of bleeding. Not super messed up, but it, it seemed like it wasn't really physically hitting him, but mentally it was just like, oh, fuck. He's like, I don't want to go back in. Give me Mick. Give me Mick. I, he's too strong. He's too strong. And he's just asking for Mick. I need Mick. I need Mick. Um, and obviously Mick is still you know, trying to recover in the gym or uh, the locker room. Uh, so Paulie's just trying to do his best to kind of keep his composure. He's like, you could do this, you could do this, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, then the next round happens, and Rocky's trying to get in there, trying to do the same thing, get a couple punches off, but nothing is stopping Clubber Lang. It seems like if you can't stop him in the beginning, he's going to knock your face <laughs> off. And yeah. I liked that. It reminds me of Mega Man, where every fight is a little different, and you got to figure out how to how to plan for it. And... Yeah. This is a fight that Rocky's never done before, so it was basically just it was just new to him fighting somebody so strong and he hasn't figured out the new the new move set basically. Um but with that <laughs> yeah, being usually Rocky is the the, uh, the stronger puncher. Like that was his thing in in the Creed fights was like Rocky was just a lot stronger than Apollo. Apollo was a better boxer and you know he could duck better and stuff, but Rocky in the end won because he was just stronger guy um and uh clubber lang is just at least as strong if not stronger than him so i would say he's probably stronger because you could see that you could see i mean the movie even made you feel like when he would punch it's just like oh god he still has a head all right (laughs) that's good noise it made the fucking like whoosh noise it made was like so intense yeah it was was, every time he swung his fist it's like oh god it was a threatening punch for sure um, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, he takes he's just taken way too many to the dome, and he, un, he just meets his own demise and just falls straight to the ground, and he can't get up. He's down for the 10. He loses yeah. his uh, title, unfortunately, but at this point, he really doesn't care. He goes straight to that locker room, and he's checking on Mick, and at this point, uh, you can explain this part. This, is, this part's a little depressing. I'll let you do the explaining. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the fun stuff. Uh, so, yeah, Mick is uh, he's lying there, basically dying. Uh, they're saying they got to get him to a hospital really quickly, but uh, at this point, it really doesn't matter because Mick's he's on his last legs. Uh, he's asking Rocky what happened in the fight. And Rocky just kind of says, you know, uh, kind of lies by omission and says it was a lockout or a knockout. I was like, oh, which round? Second round. <laughs> like, oh. That's good. You did everything right, kid. Like we did it. It's like, oh god, it gets really sad because he's kind. Of, he's obviously not telling Mick exactly what happened because he's yeah. trying to let him go out thinking that you know everything worked out okay and try to give him some hope. But then just Mick just kind of passes away and Rocky loses his shit <laughs> in a way that we haven't really seen before. He just completely breaks down and like. This scene is so weird because half the time I'll 
see it. I'll see his like breakdown and you'll laugh at how over the top it is. But half the time you're also just like, God damn, this is really sad because this guy's clearly like in pain and like he's just lost basically his father figure and he lost the title all in one fell swoop. Like this has got to be like the worst day of his life and <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> he should have tried reading to him. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have killed him sooner. <laughs> Just, hey, Mick, this this, uh, this book's called Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, they have a, uh, a, a funeral service for Mick, and Rocky afterwards is very upset. He's just driving around town on his motorcycle. He uh, drives over to the to the, the uh, statue. statue and he's kind of looking at the statue and just getting pissed at himself for he's at this point, not only is he upset about Mick, but he's also just thinking that he was a complete fake and he's never deserved the title in the first place because he doesn't trust that he was actually good enough to earn it and this kind of stuff. So he throws his helmet at the, at the statue, which for some reason that scene is burned into my memory. Maybe just from watching this movie so much, but I can always picture the exact angle they show that at and everything. <laughs> It's just like, I don't know why that's so burned into my mind, but it, it really is. Uh, so he goes to Mick's gym. He's kind of, you know, looking around for old time's sake. And uh, he hears a voice from the darkness. From the darkness. Calling his name. <laughs> In the darkness, from the darkness. It's Apollo Creed, everyone. Even though, it, even though it sounds just like Apollo Creed. It's like, who? <laughs> who is that? Hey, who is that? <laughs> Apollo? <laughs> what are you doing here? People saw us talking. They think we was like mentally irregular. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. So Apollo approaches Rocky with a plan. He's kind of like, you know, hey, you should have totally beaten Clubber Lang. Like, I know your your manager dying got you all messed up, but really the problem was you didn't have the eye of the tiger. You didn't have that eye. Like, you weren't hungry. <laughs> you didn't have it's the like edge. When we fought, you had the eye of the tiger. Man, the edge. That's why you won. He's <laughs> like, I can help you get it back. You let me promote this thing? Like, I can turn it into a bigger fight even than ours was. And he's got this whole grand plan to, like, turn it around and get Rocky the title back. And Rocky's just kind of like, oh, why are you doing this? Like, why, why, would, you, why would you help me? And, uh... uh Apollo kind of dances around it a little bit. <laughs> Definitely not. He gives him a couple of reasons, but <laughs> it's, it reminds me of like the, the the scene in the room when uh, uh, Lucy is or uh, Lisa rather, uh, where Lisa's trying to have sex with Mark. He's like, "Well, what's happening? What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this?" <laughs> That's what this scene is. <laughs> it's always good when scenes are compared to the room. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They did another good job here. So basically, Onward is, based, uh, I would say, one of the coolest, in theory, parts in the movie. So you get to see Apollo try to showcase um, uh, basically what he knows to Rocky. So Rocky's got the hit, but he doesn't have the finesse. And this is cool because you're giving, you're, you're making this guy not only a, a a boxer, 
but he's still keeping his roots. So he's like this hybrid at this point. He's already, and that's what I like about the the second movie is he's not just a southpaw. He switches it up. So now he's got all these different angles of how he can fight, and it's really unique and cool to see him evolve from all these different positions and ways of fighting. Um, and he just yeah. kind of accepts the switch in the uh, second movie, and I, and I like that. In this movie, he's trying to teach him, you know, rhythm and how to uh, use speed and juking. <laughs> how, like dodge and yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but this Finally is learning how to dodge. But this is the worst part of the movie. Ah, uh, oh. until the until Adrian uh, has the talk. I love the talk with Adrian. I, I like that. She finally breaks out of the shell, and yes. makes her a true um, character. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. So at this point, hold on, yeah, uh, hold on, because this is the uh, worst part of the fucking movie to me. So hold on, yeah. let, let, me, <laughs> let me explain it. So basically, Apollo is trying to train Rocky. So yeah. Apollo brings well, we Rocky. Say first thing, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yes, they go out to Los Angeles. Yeah. to uh, Apollo Creed's old stomping grounds, or the gym where he trained. Exactly. So he is wanting, just like Mick wanted to do, he wanted to start all over. Let's start from scratch. Let's start at the beginning. So he brings him to L.A., and he basically also brings Polly and uh, Adrian with him. This is comparable <laughs> to uh, Jurassic Park, The Fallen Kingdom. Oh. I, I don't mind <laughs> the main characters, but what I hated was the two teenagers. It was the hipster uh, teenagers. It was that the one black kid and then the one like white chick who just – were pointless in the movie, absolutely yes. pointless. And this is what Polly and Adrian comic were. Relief that did. There was no reason for Adrian to be there up until the talk. I was like, "Why the fuck is she there? She's not even saying anything." And then Polly was—I don't know if he was the comic relief, like the black kid, but he annoyed the living shit out of me. I was like, I, I, "I'm going to fast forward through this. This is awful. This is awful." Wow. See, I loved Polly in those scenes. Oh, God. I thought he was great. Especially my favorite part is the part where he's just like, I don't like these people. <laughs> and Rocky's like, well, you, you don't like them? Maybe they don't like you either, Polly. He's like, what I do to them? <laughs> I, th- I love that he gets so upset that they might not like him either. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, this is a scene, like, normally I could see you actually hating. I think it's just because the nostalgia has gotten to you, but, like, God damn, dude! I hated Polly so much in this fucking movie, like, or not? Well, not throughout wow. the entirety of the movie, but mainly this part because as soon as he kept talking and talking, even Apollo Creed is like, "Dude, who the fuck? And like, who is this guy?" And then it, Rocky's like, "Oh, you just gotta be around him for six years." Apollo's like, "I don't have six years. I don't want to do this." <laughs> I was with Apollo. I was like, "I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want any part of this. This is horrible to me." The the, the thing that I wanted to watch was the training <laughs> between Rocky and Apollo, not Polly just hating his life for having to go. He didn't even have to go with. <laughs> just stay at home. You're just going to be annoying the yeah, whole time. Jesus. But um, Yeah, it doesn't make sense that he would come along. But I didn't mind him. Like, it's not, I don't think it's Polly's fault that a little bit of those scenes drag a little bit. It's the fact of Rocky's attitude at that point. Rock, That's well, really the kind of part that, it bums me out of that part where he's just not trying at all. And Apollo keeps trying to get him into it. He's trying to, you know, show him some new techniques and stuff. And Rocky's just kind of half-assing it. He's He doesn't give a fuck. It would have been he's better like if it was just Rocky. Which is like, mm-hmm. Because it was, uh, you couldn't completely see that all the way because I kept getting distracted by Polly's shitty attitude. Or just these weird scenes that I would <laughs> shoot to Adrian just watching. 
You're not adding anything to the scene. You're just watching. That's like watching some little kid who is also by the pool watching Rocky try to do the breaststroke. And it's just like, here, let me zoom into uh, this little kid. Yeah, he's watching. All right, let's go back to Rocky. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? I don't give a shit. She didn't say anything. You didn't add anything to the scene. You just gave filler. Probably cut this whole movie in half if we didn't have any of the weird fucking scenes of Adrian just watching him do things. It wasn't like she was yeah, even giving a like- face. She wasn't just like, man. I bet he can do better. I know he could do better. No, that wasn't it. She's just like, <laughs> just watching, maybe minus the smile, but just watching. Yeah, see, I don't I don't know why that's bothering you, though. Those, those shots of her watching constitute maybe four seconds of screen time. It's too much. Already. That's what's going to bother you is four seconds because they showed her and then cut right back. Like, that doesn't thing. bother me at all. She's just kind of there. Knowing she's that there she's supportive. there already is enough knowing that she's I there. Like I, don't, she, I don't know. I like that she's supportive this time around. Unlike the last movie where she was a real wet blanket. This time she's along for the ride. She's trying to put on a brave face. Even though they're living in, like, a shitty hotel. She's like, hey, you know, we never had a honeymoon. She's actually having a good time and, like, trying to, you know, prop Rocky up and give him support. So I, I like that. The scenes um, where they actually like they, they spent a lot of time there. The scenes where they actually talk to each other is good, and I'm not completely against Adrian being there. Um, I'm mainly against Polly being there. I don't completely <laughs> understand why she was there, but again, if it was just those scenes where she was trying to like do like a pick me up to Rocky, like hey, you got to get your head in it. Um, you know, we're trying to help you. We're trying to get you back. You know, back into it. It'd be fine if it was just those those things right there. I just didn't understand. Like, I already knew she was there, all right? Like, when she was in the pool, you could see her next to Apollo. But I don't need, the like, the weird close-up shots of her just looking at him. I don't need that. We didn't get that of Apollo. We didn't just get him random weird shots of him just looking at Rocky. It was always him adding more to the scene. Like, no, he could do it. He could do it. I just found him weird because I just kept watching. I was like, why did they show that? It didn't matter. But I'm glad that she was there for the climax of what ends up happening. So basically what ends up happening is uh, Apollo and Rocky are on the beach and they're running. Uh, surprisingly, this is like, cause Rocky's like, well, you know, Mick's never done this to me. You know, we never train like this. Yeah. Um, and this Apollo's adds to it. a very different type of trainer because let's face it. Mick was very, very old. He couldn't do any of the stuff that Apollo's doing. Apollo's still somewhat, you know, he's a little bit past his prime, but he's still very athletic. He's still in very good shape. So he's able to interact with Rocky on a much different level in he's a way that they're participating with Rocky, basically. Um, yeah. In most of the training. Yeah. So he's showing him how to do things physically. Right. Like toe to toe, just standing there with Rocky. So uh, they start this race uh, on the beach, which is surprisingly hard. Obviously, it's sand. So it's really hard to run on sand. So, um, yeah. They they begin the race and halfway through it seems like you get like a kind of this like uh, this dramatic uh, screen screenshots of things that have happened to him within the last few months of basically all the shitty things with Mick and then Clubber Lang and all this stuff is just starting to slowly build up inside of Rocky to where instead of running he just kind of stops. And Apollo thinks he's got yeah. the he's got he the finished? race, no problem. He's like, ah, Rocky's got to catch back up. Um, but he doesn't actually catch back up. Um, he he looks back after he wins the race, and he says, no, nope, we've lost him. Uh, he's gone. Uh, there's yeah, there's nothing uh, we can do. This is over. Yeah. Um. So basically, we uh we see Adrian walk up to Rocky, say, hey, what's wrong? What's going on? And this is where she lays into him, which is. 
I like this scene a lot because it's the first time I actually like Adrian. I really do too. Before I didn't like Adrian because, like I said before, she was the shy chick, which was so so annoying to watch. A shy chick talk to a stupid guy. It was just boring conversation <laughs> to me. But this is the first time where, like, when she started like standing up, I was like, "This is out of Adrian's realm. Why is she doing this?" But then it was the follow up. We'll talk about that in a second. What Rocky says, which is super good. But basically, uh, she says, hey, what's going on? What's wrong? She lays into him more and more until he finally decides to speak up and say, hey, all right, I'm afraid. Is that what you want to hear? I'm afraid. And obviously, all this stuff is kind of built up to this point between um, Mick telling him, hey, uh, these these weren't fighters that you've been defending the title with. Uh, like, like Clubber Lane, these were easier fighters. Uh, you lost to Clubber Lane. Mick died. Uh, so all of this stuff is just building up and he's letting himself down and he doesn't want anything to happen to Adrian, the family, any of this stuff. And he's just, I'm just afraid. So, um, she says, that's fine. You could be afraid and you can lose and you could, you know, it's fine to be afraid and it's fine to lose. Those are all things that are okay to do and pretty much just motivates him to the point to where win or lose, no matter what, uh, he's still him. He's still Rocky. Um, and what it she comes- basically says, you know, this, you know, this is going to eat you up if you don't do this now. Like, at least you, at least if you do it and you fail, at least you'll know and you can live with. I know you can live with that. She's like, you've never quit anything as long as I've known you. So, like, I don't want you to start doing that now. Right. And then he says these amazing words. He says, "When did you become a fighter, or such a fighter?" She's like, <laughs> uh, and she's like, well. I've been living with one or something like that. I was just like, damn. Or where did you learn how to fight? I don't remember the exact exchange, but yeah. I was like, ah, that, all I right. the fighter. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's such a, that's such a good scene. I was happy with it. Cause at first it was out of Adrian. I was like, this isn't hurt. Like, why would she say any of this stuff? But then it all just made sense. It all clicked when he said that. And it's like, oh yeah, that's right. They've been together for a few years now because of this movie, I'm just yeah. watching it over a couple of weeks. So it's all the pieces are starting to, come together um and i like this exchange it's a good exchange and you can feel that you you didn't have to watch so many scenes with adrian just like in the second and even the first movie of to realize oh these two are in love it was a scene like this where you kind of get that so he's like all right i get it cool great you sped up the process i like it um so basically now it's heads in the game so we go into some uh another montage of them training but now this time he's got the edge um so he's got the eye of the tiger and uh we see him <laughs> slowly just like in any other montage he's slowly getting better and better and better and better until he wins the race with apollo although this time he's wearing a basically like a male version of a sports bra for half of it where he's wearing like a tank top that's cut up to like you know just below his nipples <laughs> i mean i didn't notice it but i'm glad somebody did um but babe, it's uh it's pretty strange and everyone's wearing short shorts. It's very 80s. <laughs> so honestly, as this thing goes on, it turns more and more homoerotic. Where <laughs> just him and Apollo are like in slow motion running and muscles rippling everywhere. Oh, there <laughs> like, was the couple scenes they where they're just like, like their thighs and shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, I didn't want to <laughs> see that. Because I saw that, too. I was like, why are we getting a zoom in on their uh, Apollo's penis? And then they did it to Rocky. I was like, oh, good. At least they're diversifying the situation. Thank you. Thank you, movie. I loved all the slow-mo of uh, Rocky's face during the running scenes. Yeah, where his face truly yes. does melt. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he just looks like Frankenstein. <laughs> and just... <laughs> but I, I really love those running scenes. Even though he's not running up anything this time, the fact of him having to race Apollo, it makes it, I don't know, it's just very visually interesting. Seeing him finally, you know, get better and better each time, and then this time he finally beats him. It's yep. so cool. Yeah, it is, it, it is good. And then, then they just jump into the ocean and start hugging in slow motion. I think I even saw Rocky oh, give Apollo ever, maybe a little, like a quickie handy in the ocean, but that's under the water, so you don't really <laughs> see it. But you know what's truly going on. Um, so <laughs> the seawater makes it sterile. So at this point, uh, we've already uh, we've already gotten word from Clubber Lang, obviously at this point uh, that they want to do a rematch and all this stuff is going on, and we'll just kind of. Uh, Fast forward to the beginning of this match. Not the actual match itself, but like while they're there at the ring. Uh, not at the ring, but in the, the arena. Uh, this is at Madison Square Garden now. It's a big old, big old fight this time. Um, and Apollo, Apollo does something really nice. Um, you know, another thing that we for, uh, forgot to mention is uh, Apollo says, I'm going to the train favor. you. Yep. I'm going to train you, but you need to do me this favor. Um, we don't know what that favor is until the very end, but we'll get to that. But he gives him his nasty, nasty, nasty shorts that he wore in the first fight against uh, Rocky to fight Clubber. And, and Rocky, you know, he mumbles some stuff. You can't really make it out. But then Apollo says, yes, <laughs> these are the shorts from the first fight, and I'm, I want you to wear these. Just make sure you wash them when you get them back. <laughs> I didn't wash them yet, though. Um, so basically, I'm sure he did. No you way. can afford to wash some shorts, <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, these are the red, white, and blue flag shorts that uh, Apollo wore in the first fight, uh, which is kind of a nice little nod to the first movie, which is great. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it seems like Apollo. It's weird. They're clearly um, his like training. Yeah, they're type, clearly good friends now. Yeah, they are. They've definitely grown together. Um, but it's weird watching this for some reason because Apollo's just like you need to, you know, knock his block off. You need to knock his block off. Uh, you need to make it quick. And it's so, it's a lot of like, I don't know what it was about the scene, but it was so much stuff about like, Hey, you need to, you need to win this. You need to win this. You got to do this to clubber and all this. For some reason it wasn't like motivational. I, I guess this isn't how I would like do a motivational speech. I wouldn't say, all right, you just need to do this. He's like, no, 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 get your head in the game. <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do differently. The scene was fine. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking malarkey it wasn't motivational it was just telling him you need to do stuff it wasn't something that would get yeah. him psyched up it was just like you need to knock his head off i don't know it was just kind of weird it was just like <laughs> speaking the obvious like you need to knock him out well duh i know that so i <laughs> i don't know but that's you're fine. hoping for something a little more technically uh some good advice not yeah. just oh basic platitudes yeah i mean like he's a, he was more of a current boxer maybe you should have some better insight but right like he, he did, did he did come up with this whole strategy so at least there's that <laughs> he did you know teach rocky all these these tools and that kind of thing so. yeah even but even saying that like hey you got to keep your head in there like you know it you know the moves now you know what you got to do to yeah. you're better than him now you're better than him now because you were able to knock him down before but now you can steer clear away from his fist like something like that like instead of just you need to knock him down I know. <laughs> I'm already aware. Well, of to be fair, that was their whole strategy, though, is that like, you have to knock this guy out quick. Like they were basically when they were him and Duke were having a strategy session. They're like, like, we got to knock this guy out in the first eight rounds at best, because otherwise Rocky yeah. will be completely gassed. 
test. So like that kind of is the advice is take this guy out early, knock him out. Don't, don't waste or don't waste time. Don't wait around. Try to win the thing in 15 rounds or anything like that. Just no, no, you just go straight for that knockout. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. It wasn't a bad scene. I just thought it was like, huh? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I would have done it differently, but, (laughs) um, anyway, so, uh, we get, uh, we get Rocky in the ring now. Rocky's there. He's doing his thing. He's in his, uh, his shorty shorts. And then, uh, Club of Lang's coming out in black this time. Uh, very intimidating looking. He's got a little bit of jowls going on now with his beard. Um, you could tell time has passed because his beard is slightly longer. Not so much his sideburns, just mostly his chin, chin area beard. Um, but that's how time passes. Beards get longer. Um, You're a living example of that. Yeah, I know. It's getting ridiculous. I almost shaved it in the hotel. I was like, I don't know if I can now, but I'm probably going to shave it later. Um, but anyways, this will definitely clog up their drains. Yeah, I know. Not my drains. Um, but, uh, so now the two of them are in the ring and, uh, they, the ref brings them together to go over the rules just like they always do. But this time, instead of looking like Rocky's got fear in his eyes, he's got the edge. Um, he's got the eye of the tiger. I like that clever Lang. He's like, I'm going to bust you up. And Rocky's big comeback is, go for it. <laughs> I know, I like wow. that. There's something about that that's <laughs> really quite good. It's like, hell yeah. Rocky's like, yeah, give me your best <laughs> shot, basically. But just in Rocky terms. Yep. Um, yeah, so we get uh, we get this really neat exchange. And um, they, they go to their corners, and they start. Just like before, uh, Rocky goes in, and he's, he's jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. The big difference this time... There's still not really any blocking yet, but there will be, um, is he's fast. He's faster. Um, they yes. even said, the announcers even said before the fight began that he looked like more like a middleweight opposed to a heavyweight because of how slimmed down he's gotten from all the training. Um, that and his speed. He's not just like taking hits. He's moving. He's dodging. He's he's really kind of steering clear from these fists, which is inevitably going to wear uh, – uh, Clubber laying down. So basically what's going on is every time he, you know, Clubber throws a, a punch, he's dodging it, and then Rocky comes in, oh, pow, 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 pow. Now, I know you said that these punches get better and the scenes, the fight scenes get better. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I, I, really? Maybe a I little bought, bit better, but my God, did I, I bought, watch a lot of whiffs, but still those sound effects were there. <laughs> <laughs> Really, I only noticed maybe one or two punches where I thought like that doesn't look realistic. Wow! Like, most of them I've totally I'm bought in completely by this point. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm bought in because I know it's a movie and they're not obviously punching them punching each other. But um, yeah, there's a lot of whiffs in this one. A lot of them. <laughs> so many whiffs. You're just like mm. mostly. I, I would say. It, it is more so Sylvester Stallone than it was Mr. T. Yeah. I yeah, thought Mr. No. T was doing a very good job. Yeah. It was Mr. It's T's. It's mostly uh, Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Rocky's, Rocky's whiffs look like whiffs, but then they, Mr. T's just like, mm, 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 you know, pretending to get hit in the face. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so um, we uh, we see them fighting, and Rocky just looked like a brand new guy out there. Um, he's definitely moving a lot faster, and he's getting those jabs in. Um and I, does Clubber, no, 
Clubber doesn't really stand out he, into the uh, second round. He he maybe gets a couple in yeah. on Rocky, but it's really nothing. But the second round, when that happens, Clubber comes in swinging. He's pissed. So he goes in there, and he's just beating the shit out of Rocky again. And it looks like he's going to go down because he's gone. I think he got knocked down two or three times in this round. But Rocky gets back up, yep. and he's, like, calling him out. But it's not until the very end when Clubber wants to keep going is when I think Rocky says – why are you gasping so, so heavy? Yeah, you ain't so bad. Why are you gasping <laughs> so heavy? And he's realizing that Clubber Lang is getting tired. At least that's my interpretation of what's going on. I'm not entirely yep. sure. But he looks like he's getting yeah, tired he's, he's and Rocky's noticing that. So um, he's trying to piss Clubber off to the point to where he's just throwing him everything. And uh, I, either I like Rocky, Rocky starts uh, like rubbing his mohawk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he starts putting his glove on his head just to taunt him. I guess he learned this from his wrestling match. Yeah, um, but it's 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 a super <laughs> cool scene because when round three happens or begins, uh, we do finally see Rocky blocking for the first time ever, um, and he's blocking the punches, which is making it more tolerable to continue fighting him. Because he's not getting punched in the face the whole time, which is nice. Um, but it's obviously not really doing much wear and tear to Rocky. So he is just blocking everything that Clubber's throwing at him for the most part, which is wearing Clubber down because he's throwing so many punches, but he can't keep up with Rocky and his, uh, his maneuvering because he's either hitting his arms or he's basically just whiffing it. Um, and then when Rocky can, he's throwing in a couple of punches here and there, here and there. Until uh, Clubber looks like he's about to die from lack of oxygen. And then Rocky just <laughs> all wallops him. All wallops him to the ground, as Mick would say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> nice basically. Nice clean victory in three rounds. Yep, in three rounds. Gets knocked to the ground. Rocky becomes the winner. And then we we fade into a gym. We fade into an old gym where Rocky and Apollo yeah. are walking in there. But they're, but they're in a getup. They ran a get-up together, kind of just shorts and boxing <laughs> gloves, and we hear Apollo saying, well, you know, I should do I like this that, uh, the shorts that they're wearing are, like, made out of, like, like styrofoam or something. They're, like, I don't know if they were planning on punching each other in the nuts. I'm like, we got to protect against that. <laughs> because they were, like, not just regular shorts. They were, like, something you'd see on, like, American Gladiators or something, where they were made of, like, styrofoam and shit. They were all padded up. Winona had a big brown beaver shorts from the yes. video. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I didn't even notice the shorts. I wasn't paying attention. But, um, but yeah, so uh, they, they get into the ring just, at, uh, just by themselves, and Apollo just wants to have, like, a little rematch against Rocky for old time's sake. Um, so yeah. So go toe-to-toe. Subtle it. And, uh, Finally have the third, the third match in their rubber match. They each won one. So you got to have a match to – Determine the ultimate winner. Yep, and hopefully in the fourth movie we find out who wins. <laughs> oh, we don't. All right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, basically uh, that's how the movie ends. It's uh, a nice little uh, uh, freeze frame of them about to punch each other in the face and the credits roll. Um, and they change it to a painting, this, like, weird surrealist painting of their fight where you can barely make out anybody. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know. I thought it was just a weird blotch of nasty paints. <laughs> I, was like, I kind of want to buy one of those paintings I think they make prints of it I kind of oh. want to get one. Oh god <laughs> but yeah that's the movie so there you go yeah we come back to Eye of the Tiger again they close out with the two same way it started mm. 
<laughs> yep. I love that whole last scene with Rocky and Apollo, though. It's so good. Like, those two just are so good together. Like, it's so good that they finally became friends and are, you know, helping each other out now because those two are great. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that They're as well. Because of... it seemed like Apollo didn't want to necessarily lose this uh, the second match, but he needed that match to happen to give him justification of what happened in the first movie. And it seemed like it just kind of closed and wrapped everything off in a nice gift. Like, no, this wasn't a fixed fight. I wasn't meant to lose. This guy just whooped my ass. So then he came in and he's like, all right, you know, this time I'm just going to prove everybody that I'm going to give it my best shot. I'm going to do the best I can to try to beat Rocky. And it just, Rocky said, it's too goddamn strong. The switch kind of screwed him up because he was used to, he's like pretty much training, on how to fight a southpaw, and then he came in with the right the right hand this time. So it was it was really cool in the to see that, and it's just like once this movie started, and Apollo's just like, yeah, no, I needed that match to happen. It just justified yeah. everything that happened in the first match. So then you see the friendship start to slowly build throughout the training. It's it's just it's a good movie. I like this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's nice because they have a good relationship where like there was. There's always respect there, even though he was calling Balboa out in the second one. Like he's still, you can tell that he still likes the guy. Like there wasn't super bad blood. Like there's still a level of respect between them. Definitely more so than you know Rocky and Clover Lang have. Yeah, <laughs> or will ever sure. have. Nobody likes Clover. Nobody seems to like Clover Lang. Uh, but at least these guys respect each other, and, and I'm sure you know it still leads Apollo up that he lost. He doesn't like that at all, but he at least understands that, Oh, Rocky is a good boxer. Like if I had to lose to somebody, at least it's somebody who respects boxing and, yeah. you know, is a respectable person. And uh, even at the end of the second fight where Rocky's he, he's, he won the fight, but he's like, he goes to Apollo and he's just like, Oh man, you're great. <laughs> yeah. But you can tell there is like this level of respect between the two. That's really nice to see. Indeed. All right. So what do you rate this one? I would give it probably one about to a, ten scale. I would probably give it a solid seven. Not my favorite movie, uh-huh. but when the when the moments were hyped, I got hyped. Uh, like I said, the only thing that really poo pooed in my face was Polly, because that's what ruined <laughs> uh, Fallen Kingdom for me. Was that stupid teenager who tried to joke around and complain the whole time? And I was like, nope. That's that's Polly because immediately when those scenes were happening, I, I it went straight to Jurassic Park for me. I was like, "Oh God, damn it! This is comparable. It should never. Nothing should compare to this movie." I mean, I could see that, except for those kids were annoying. So I was Polly. Was funny. No, God. <laughs> we're gonna talk about in best quotes some of Polly's best lines. I'm probably not gonna agree with most ones. of them. <laughs> but yeah, um, I would give it a seven. I I don't know if it'd be an eight. Maybe 7.5, I guess. Because I, I enjoyed the movie. It was fun to watch. Uh, the scenes were good. I liked that. I'm sure the next one will probably be good if it's anything like this one. Because it's just like the wrestling part was fun to watch. I just didn't think Rocky was much. He wasn't as much of Rocky this time. He was just mostly yeah. egotistical and just like, mm, there's hints of Rocky still sprinkled in there. But then it was just mostly him just being like, uh, yeah, no, I'm rich now, kind of thing. I was just like, oh, I didn't <laughs> like that. It wasn't what I was used to seeing now. I finally got used yeah. to Rocky They're in the definitely- second movie because I didn't realize he was supposed to be playing a dumb dumb. And if you never told me that, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have liked the second movie at all. But I was like, all right, I see that in the second movie. Okay, I can kind of understand it. 
But then this movie happened, and it's like, oh, we just threw that out the window. All right, sounds good. We just <laughs> we're into rich Rocky who can barely talk. I get it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they were trying to give you what you wanted, and there was less time with Rocky just doing life things, uh, and yeah. they just kind of focused on the more of the fighting things. So. That's true. And I did like that part. <laughs> but yeah, I would say probably about a 7.5 for this movie. It's not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but yeah, definitely an improvement from better. the other one, which I think I gave it a 2. So <laughs> This one's a straight 10 for me. 10? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that good. <laughs> I could watch it over and over again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 10. <laughs> now, what do you think happens in Rocky Four? I have no clue, dude. I have no clue because, like, in this one, I had no idea what was going to happen either. I mean, I, probably another fight. I don't know what the hell he's fighting in the next one since uh, technically this one was his last fight. So um, <laughs> not entirely sure. He even says it. Yep, this is my last fight. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's going to be a fight in this one. That was the plan. Probably defend his title <laughs> a couple more times. So I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Because now the story's out the window. It just seems like now they're going for booms and bangs. <laughs> uh, just wait. It's going to be amazing. Mm. And it's only an hour and a half long. <gasps> a yeah. cool hour and I a will half. say this. I will say this. For the first time watching this series, I did want to just pop in another DVD and watch the next one. I yes. did. Yes. I wanted to watch it. <laughs> so That's how I always feel when I start <laughs> I just keep want to keep going like Pringles. This one gave stop. me the hints of finally like never back down. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but it's a fighting movie. Um, I watched it when I was going to school for uh, the military. Um, it was in theaters mm-hmm. in 2008, I think. Yeah, it would have been 2008. Um and it's a fighting movie, and I was like, it gave me the feels every time there would be a fight. It's like you get hyped when you're watching. You're like, oh, or like when they start getting punched, you're like, no, 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 get back in there. You like get really hyped. Um, <laughs> uh, so like it gave me that in this movie, and I thought that that was really cool. And uh, yes. I like I like those feelings. So it's like once this movie ended, I was like, all right, maybe I want to watch that next one now. Give me number four. And I was like, no, I'm not going to remember it by next weekend because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Uh, four is so good. It's uh, it's almost more music video than it is movie. <laughs> Perfect. But I'm okay with that. Ow. They really embrace the montages. So good. Who's the uh, who's the actor that he fights in the next one? Is that the Dolph Lundgren one? Might be. I don't know why eyebrows just happened, but all right. <laughs> I just know he's in one of them. I just don't Maybe. know which one he's in. I have no idea. Yeah. Past that, though. Do you have any idea who Dolph Lundgren plays? What type of character he plays? Probably a Russian guy. Isn't Dolph Lundgren Russian? (laughs) I think (laughs) he's Austrian. uh, Yeah, I'm not sure what he is. I think he's actually like a Swedish or some weird one of those other countries. (laughs) But I don't even know. He's just a mystery. Yeah. I don't think he's Austrian. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. But yeah, I thought he was either like, I thought he was Russian. So, mm. <laughs> does play a Russian, so it does make sense. Perfect, a Russian with blonde hair, beard. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Normally they have black hair and they scream in your face, almost like Germany, but not quite. 
Not as much gas. But more drunk on vodka. Vodka. <laughs> it sounds like Teddy. Vodka, yeah. <laughs> Reach around. What? Reach around. Uh-huh. You said it twice now. Reach around. Yes, three times. Vodka. All right. <laughs> All right, let's talk some best quotes. Uh, we'll do Mr. T quotes first because he gets his own category for best quote. Oh, okay. So first we got, hey, woman, hey, woman, listen here. Since your old man ain't got no heart, maybe you'd like to see a real man. I bet you stay up every night wishing you had a real man, don't you? I tell you what, you bring your pretty little self over to my apartment and I'll show you a real man. All right, that's not a quote. That's literally a paragraph slash essay. That's not a quote. Nobody's ever quoted him on that. Never. Oh, they have. No one has. <laughs> I do all the time. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Here, this, this one will balance it out. Dead meat. <laughs> Perfect. Two words. <laughs> That's a quote. Uh, this is this is where they, uh, the guy on TV asks him if he accepts Rocky Balboa's challenge for a rematch. I reject the challenge because Balboa is no challenge, but I'll be more than happy to beat up on him some more. <laughs> All right. Like that. Now we get to the the real, the two. I would say it's between these two for me. No, I don't hate Balboa, but I pity the fool. Yep. Obviously, that's a big one. Yep. And uh, that's a classic. And the other one where they're asking him, you know, Clubber, what's your prediction for the fight? Prediction. Pain. Yes, prediction. <laughs> Pain, yeah. Yeah, that one's good. Both of those, I literally walked around quoting those for years after I first saw this movie. When I was a kid, I would say that all the time. <laughs> and how'd that go for you? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should try it just to see if I can like scientifically prove that that's the reason why. <laughs> You want to go out with me? Out with me? Yeah, out with me. What is your... Uh... Pain. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you think the future is going to be like? What do you want to do when you grow up? Pain. <laughs> <laughs> when I grow up? Yeah, when you grow up. Pain. All right. Here's the lament device. Okay. <laughs> the lament configuration. This is going to give you exactly what you want. Uh, what are types of people that you really, really, really hate? I don't hate them, but I pity the fools. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to stop talking to you now. <laughs> um, okay, so which one do you want to go with? Uh, no, I don't hate Balboa, but I pity the fool. Man, I really like the class. pain one. I know, but we got to go with the pity the fool. The pain one's probably my favorite, but pity fool is the one that stuck, sticks around. So, Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Now just general best quote overall. <laughs> I like when uh when Polly and Rocky are having their argument at the beginning. He's like, Who fixed you up with your first woman? And Rocky is just like, she was pregnant. <laughs> I don't even remember that part. That's a good line. Rocky's uh, line, friends don't know. They do because they want to do. <laughs> yeah. I like the way he delivers that line. That's a good one. Uh, Mick, when he's like, I've seen wrestlers big as dinosaurs. You ever fight a dinosaur kid? They can cause a variety of damage. 
<laughs> Doesn't Rocky say like no not yet? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Something in the veins. Um, you get little bits of him being stupid. <laughs> uh the two hundred and two pounds thing we already talked about, that was a good one. Uh Thunderlips with his whole that's the name of the game. Yeah. I like that. That's a good catchphrase. Um let's see. This just makes me want to watch Suburban Commando. <laughs> if you don't, I'll tell everyone you ain't bought a new pair of underwear in ten years. Yeah, that's quality. I know you're gonna put that in there. I really don't like that line. <laughs> I wish it was almost a different line, but sitting in that same like <laughs> arena. It's like what the fuck? I mean, I get it. You guys are close, it's but so I don't. Weird. I don't give a shit about his underpants situation. <laughs> I want to hear all about his underpants situation. Are they boxers? Are they briefs? What are they? They better be <laughs> boxers. <laughs> it's the only thing that Paul, makes sense. A, I'm no trainer. Just go out and kill him, Rock. Kill him. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, Apollo. With you didn't look hungry. Now, when we fought, you had that eye, that tiger, man, that itch. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and then Rocky says, "You got me curious." And Apollo's like, "You got me curious, Rock." <laughs> and then like wink at each other lovingly. <laughs> In the you 80s, it was okay to be curious. <laughs> uh, in today's oh, day and get, age, we just have to accept in, uh, it. <laughs> we get to Polly's uh, lines in LA. Here we go. When they first get there, and he's like, I don't even have a gun. Uh huh. I like that. Uh, and then where Paul's like, Is he always this cheerful? And Paul, he's like, I don't sweat you. I like that he's talking back to a guy who could literally kill the shit out of him in two seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, you ain't so cool. You ain't so tough. Uh, Rocky with that. Don't get mentally irregular. And then, oh, my favorite, as we talked about, I don't like these people. You don't like them? Well, maybe they don't like you either, Polly. What I do to them? <laughs> the way he says that is so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here's another good one. He can't train to this jungle junk music. Yep. I think it was actually about that line is when it finally hit me. This is Jurassic Park Fallen World. <laughs> I love that, though. <laughs> that was such a great line. Jungle junk music. He's just an old racist. That's always going to be hilarious. Uh, I like when they're at the pool and uh, Paul's like, can he swim? Or they're going to the pool. Can he swim? And Paul's like, with a name like Rock? <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh-huh. I don't know how you can hate all these great, great Because I really lines. hate Polly in this movie. He's the worst. It was good in the second one. I hated him in this movie. He's just the annoying Damn. black kid from Jurassic Park. And I hated that kid. <laughs> I hated those kids, too, but... I thought this was much better. I, I enjoyed his antics. Um, this is a great one. They, it was so great they had to play it like three times. When Apollo says, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Yeah, I like that one. There is no tomorrow. That was good. Um, uh. Nothing is over if you don't believe in who you are. During the whole uh, speech. Finally, an actual quote. 
<laughs> Everything leading to this quote has been lines from the movie. <laughs> Rocky's awesome comeback. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. You ain't so bad. Got to have that in there. Oh, and then we get to the the fight at the end. You fight great, but I'm a great fighter. I don't know why I like that line so much. It just it's got such a good rhythm to it for some reason. Yeah, that one I do like that line too. And the good news is you'll get to see it again at the beginning of Rocky Four. Fantastic. Because <laughs> they show that scene again. Mm. And then the whole the whole interaction of you want to ring the bell? Sure. Ding ding ding. ding. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So good. I like the two. Um, of them. Do you have a pick for best quote? Um, I kind of like the "You fight good, but I'm a good fighter." Yeah, it's probably I'm my great favorite out That's of great. them all. Yeah, that one really does stick with you. I'll stick with that. It one. stings the nostrils in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you didn't put the Adrian quote in there. Well, I mean, there's a lot of good ones. Um, I can't think of any. So, of them. I mean, I didn't want to put. I didn't want to put the entire like fucking well, speech page <laughs> thing. <up. laughs> yeah. I couldn't like find any one thing that distilled it down. I mean, I did like where she was like, uh, "If it's over because you want it to be over, then I'm glad." That was kind of like the opening of that thing, but yeah, like she's like being supportive. It's like, well, if you want, you know, if you really want it to be done, then that's fine. But I don't think that's really what's going on here, right? That's but good. yeah, that was that is a great Adrian scene. Um, she really finally does kind of get a place in these movies. Yeah, in that one scene, I will say the next one. one is not nearly as kind to her. Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, that's our uh, review of Rocky Three. I think. Oh, also, I did want to mention though. I liked how when they're doing the statue ceremony, the band is like playing the fucking gonna fly now song. So apparently in the movie universe, that is his theme song. <laughs> yeah. I thought that that was weird like too. Yeah. Like that's awesome, but weird. <laughs> I guess somebody just wrote this song about him at some point in the movies. I don't know. It's very strange, but yeah. Very interesting. And then, like, the guys are playing it at the hotel later on, and Nick's like, ah, change your tune already. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right. So uh, I guess next up we're going to get to uh, my worst movies of last year. Uh, Again, these are just movies that I saw last year. There's plenty of terrible movies that I was just like, nope, not going to see that. Like fucking Ocean's 8. I'm just not going to do it. (laughs) I'm not going to do it to myself they're not gonna give you you're not gonna give <laughs> so them your these, money <laughs> no some of these movies on this list i did not give my money to well really just one we'll talk about that one yeah i know which <laughs> but, one but uh, i got a, i've got a bottom 16 uh of the movies i saw that were just awful and honestly like the, the good movies list was hard to do. <laughs> this one I probably could have kept going because most, it feels like most of the movies I saw were not good or at best average. Uh, there's very few things that actually stood out in a good way. That's how 2018 kind of was. It was just lackluster. Not only in just movies, but yeah. even the board game world, it was like 
wasn't a whole lot that came out. There was a couple good games, but if you had if you had to twist my arm to say which were the top ten of this year, I could probably only do like four, and the rest would be like filler. Not saying that I play every game, but I've definitely Oof. looked up most games this year, uh, and I can judge them from that. I mean, I've never played yeah. it, so I can't get the same experience. But I mean, just there's not too many innovative things, just like in the movie world. There's nothing that's innovative this year. As far as games or movies, as original ideas where it's just like a reprint or a reskin or a reboot of something else. I mean, even the biggest game that I really, really liked this year, which is a game called Thunderstone, was just a reboot from an old Thunderstone version. So it was just like, okay. I guess. Yeah, they are. It's whatever. Everyone just seems to be out of ideas. And anything that you could do that would be interesting you can't do because everyone's so politically correct like i was listening to a podcast this week with uh they had adam mckay on the guy who directed like you know step brothers and anchorman and stuff like that and uh like basically they just kept talking about like oh yeah you couldn't do that now couldn't do that now couldn't do that now it's like fuck comedy is just never going to be good again there's never going to be another probably good comedy movie in our lifetime um because you just can't do any jokes everything's offensive yep this place is trash. That's another reason yep. why I'm sad. We've done this to ourselves. This country's trash. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move to Canada. I know. We'll just be nice to each other, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, the uh, bottom 16. I'm going to go start out with number 16. Um, this was Winchester. Uh, this came out early last year, starring Helen Mirren, Jason Patrick. Uh, basically a story of the, the I forget what her first name is, but Mrs. Winchester, This the, who's kind of like the heir to the Winchester firearms fortune. Um, she built the famous Winchester house, which I believe is out west in like California. She was basically like fucking nuts, and she just kept building onto this house, like adding rooms and staircases that went nowhere and all kind of crazy shit in this house because she thought that like by building all these rooms it was caging ghosts like it was keeping ghosts from being able to get out or something like that (laughs) so she was fucking nuts and this movie instead of actually like exploring that which probably could have been an interesting story about a woman who was fucking crazy and that kind of stuff this movie is kind of half that but mostly more so an actual ghost story where there actually are ghosts and you know the guy who's sent there to figure out whether she's crazy or not. He sees the ghost too and realizes, Oh no, she's not crazy. And it turns into a ghost movie in like the last 15 minutes. And it's just dumb. It like couldn't figure out what it was supposed to be, whether it wanted to be a historical movie or a ghost movie. Mm. And it was just terrible. That's dumb. I did not like it. (laughs) So that was number 16 Winchester. Skip it. Uh, 15. Let's say white boy, Rick. White Boy Rick was not very good. Uh, Matthew is. McConaughey was good in it. It was basically like a true life story of some kid in the 80s who got involved with selling drugs and ended up working for the FBI, but they kind of fucked him over. Um, and it was just terrible. Like the guy playing the lead character was awful. I hope I never see him in anything else ever again because I really could not stand him. Um, McConaughey plays his dad. He was trying his best but the movie was just not good um it wasn't even very a very interesting story like i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who have stories about selling drugs in the 80s why this guy's story needed to be told so badly i don't know because it wasn't very interesting 
Um, so yeah, White Boy Rick, not good. Uh, number 14, I'm going with Peppermint. Uh, the Jennifer Garner, essentially, oh, yeah. was, uh, Jennifer Garner was playing like, like a female version of the Punisher almost, um, which I like. I'm glad that they didn't try to call her the Punisher or call it Death Wish and be like, oh, now it's gender swap Death Wish or something like that. No, no, no. It's just her own thing. She just, you know, is a female vigilante, which that's all fine. The problem with this movie was it didn't it like did all the wrong things. <laughs> Like her family is they're at the they're at a carnival. Her family gets gunned down by like three guys in a car. Hmm. So they cut to five years later. She's gone off, trained and all this stuff, become this badass. And basically she kills all three of those guys off screen. And we just kind of see their bodies hanging up on a Ferris wheel one day. And it's like, oh, okay, it seems like that should have probably been what the movie was about. And Instead, it's about her going after, like, the judge who let them off and, uh, like, their boss's boss <laughs> and all this stuff. It's like, it's kind of would have been a better revenge movie if we saw her getting revenge on the people most responsible instead of skipping over that. Yeah. It's a little so, weird. Yeah, they kind of, uh, it just kind of didn't really focus on the right things, it seemed like, um, and just tried to go... Uh, in some weird direction that didn't make very much sense. Hmm. Uh, so it could have been a lot better than it was. I feel like they just took some weird wrong turns. Um, so hotel Artemis is my number 13. This movie was terrible. Um, I kind of thought it looked terrible, but I was like, all right, I'll give it a, ch- give it a chance. This is a movie. It kind of looks like they're ripping off the hotel from, uh, um, John wick. Uh, it's basically like a hotel that's not really a hotel. It's more of a underground hospital for like assassins and criminals and that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, Jodie Foster is like the woman who runs this place. And basically, you know, once you're in there, you, you can't like kill. You're not supposed to be able to kill other people. You know, if you have beef with the other criminals, you can't kill each other. So here. the hospital like, this is the safe zone. The, so build, just the hospital. The building from John Wick. Yep. You were right. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just terrible like jodie foster i think she directed this movie but she kept put herself as the star which doesn't make any sense because clearly this was written for like an older lady like someone who's like 70 or 80 because she's like shuffling around the old woman the whole time and she's like what are you doing (laughs) like you're trying to play someone much older than you and it's not working um and it was just terrible it was not a good movie the script was was awful um, Dave Batista was in it. And he was pretty good, I guess. But other than that, not a whole lot going on in this movie. Hmm. It, uh, yeah, it didn't make any sense. Uh, number 12 is the sisters brothers. Oh God. Uh, the John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Western movie, which they made it look like, Oh, this is going to be a hilarious comedy about the West. Like, it was not. It was not at all a comedy. Um, There was nothing remotely really really very funny about it. And it wasn't even a good Western either. Like, I'm not a big Western fan, but sometimes there'll be some that are all right. This one, not at all. Like, very little happens for the the first two-thirds. And even at the end, it's still not very interesting. (laughs) So I could not – I really just had a terrible time watching this movie. (laughs) 
Um, number eleven is Truth or Dare. Blumhouse is Truth or Dare. I guess I gotta specify since there are many, many movies with that title out there. <laughs> yep. As we've learned, um, this movie was just awful. It was uh, PG thirteen, which obviously is never a good thing. Um, the dares themselves, for the most part, were not very good. They all had that weird, creepy Joker smile that they, I'm sure you saw in the trailer, mm-hmm. um, which just looked kind of stupid. And the ending of the movie is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Um, the main characters are fucking idiots, <laughs> and I hate them. <laughs> so, yeah. Truth, I was, I like. Most one was a failure. Why this was the one they decided to put their name in the title for is weird. <laughs> um, number ten is Skyscraper. Wow. Oh God, the Rock movie, Skyscraper. I fucking hated this thing. Um, it was so trying to be Die Hard, but just a terrible version of Die Hard. Oh. And at least where Die Hard was like, you know. The cast was more likable and memorable in Die Hard. And also, this one was just like, sure, Die Hard got a little bit silly and over the top at parts where you're like, oh, I don't know if that would really happen. This just completely is like, what? The, none of this would actually happen in real life. Like, there's a part where he's trying to get back into the building. So he climbs up this building next door. It's like all girders, you know, it's being constructed. Yeah. So he's climbing. He's not even climbing up like a ladder up this thing. He's literally good. Going from girder to girder, like monstering up like fucking Godzilla or something, <laughs> up a hundred fucking floors of this. You're like, no, this would not happen. <laughs> There's no fucking way. Also, that he can then like run across and jump an impossible distance and like grab onto things. Like and the Matrix. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like ridiculous. And then at the end, there's like a big shootout in this like room that's like futuristic and has all these like holographic mirrors and stuff like this it's like fuck man like you can't just keep things simple like you have to have some weird future hologram room like Die Hard was so much better because it felt like realistic Hmm. this is all just goofy I mean there's a part where the rock is holding a bridge together with his bare arms just like oh yeah (laughs) it's like what the fuck oh yeah bridges (laughs) <laughs> it's better to keep like, bridges up than to burn them down. <laughs> That's pretty much what was happening in that scene, yeah. And, uh, oh, God, they tried to be like, um, I feel like they tried to go for some surprise villains where, like, they're like, oh, this person's not, you don't think this person's a bad guy, but it turns out they are. Except they're all actors who, like, you see play villains in everything, <laughs> So you're like, well, that guy's a villain. I haven't even heard him talk yet, but he's definitely a villain. And yep, <laughs> turns out he is. <laughs> it's a good movie. So, yeah, great times. Uh, number nine is Venom. Wow. Uh, the movie I did not pay for, but I snuck in to see it just to see what was going on. And God, was it terrible. I thought this was going to be Venom. lower on your list. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's it definitely could be. I mean, I suppose it's not the worst made of these movies on the list, which is why it's here, but it's just not fun either. Like, it takes so long 
long to get to him being Venom. Like so been, goddamn long. I've and, heard nothing but that. <laughs> like I watched some like uh, trailer or no, it was some. It was a video analyzing the intro to the movie where before even the intro be like the the starting title i guess of the movie it's 22 minutes into the movie <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck i was like that is insanity yeah. and then it takes 35 minutes to get to him actually being venom and even like once he gets the symbiote in him before you actually see him become venom is a long time before it even starts talking to him i think is a long time he's just acting weird for some reason for a long time and then the thing finally starts saying something and not very much so it's like by the time they start like talking him and the symbiote kind of interacting it gets somewhat better like you should have got to this way sooner and maybe you would have had an actual movie but even then it's still not good and the i guess the villain was supposed to be anti-venom no i heard it was supposed to be riot oh see i couldn't even tell because it just looked like venom yeah made it like the same color and so then they start fighting at the end and you're like I don't know what's going on. I thought it was was just blobs of the same same color, like mashing into each other. It's like, I don't know what this is. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. Because I was trying, I I had like this weird thing where I was just like, well, I kind of know who the, because I saw a clip of the the mashing of them together. And I thought it was anti-venom as well. And then I looked it up, and then they said, no, it was Riot. And I was like, I don't even know who the fuck Riot is. So I had to go look that up, and I find out there's, like, a bunch of other crazy fucking Venoms in the world, which is like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was supposed to be Riot is who this villain was. Which I don't think they ever – they don't ever call him that. So it's like, well, how are you supposed to know? Right. <laughs> and he doesn't look like Riot because, again, he's just fucking – like he's probably dark dark gray as opposed to where venom is black so there's not really much of a difference here (laughs) it was kind of (laughs) perfect it's like you didn't even try (laughs) and uh so yeah it was just terrible tom hardy's new york accent was just laughable yeah Uh, terrible um number eight oh wait I guess that. Um, I think I misnumbered some of this. I got two number nines. Perfect. <laughs> so my other number nine, then. <laughs> I guess this is a now worst seventeen. Um, is going to be Assassination Nation. Um, this was okay. terrible. Uh, um, I, I read the description online. It was like rated R. I'm like, the description said something about like, uh, you know, a whole town turns on these four teenage girls who they think leaked some information and they're all after these girls. So it's kind of like, oh, maybe it's like the purge, but except they're all kind of focused on these girls. That's really not what it's about. Um, really, that is maybe the last 10 minutes of the movie. If you're being generous, <laughs> um, it's mostly just these four girls who are really annoying um, and people are getting information leaked about them and people are gradually just getting you know more and more freaked out. Um, one of the girls is like a transgender. So you're just like, oh, man, the movie starts out with a bunch of like trigger warnings about all the stuff that's going to be in this movie. It's like, oh, fuck this. It's so goddamn PC and millennial and bullshit shit. And I just hated every second of this movie. I think I was like the only one in the theater, too. <laughs> Which makes sense because it was awful. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, so my number. Yeah, it really was. 
My uh, my number eight is going to be Suspiria, the remake of Suspiria that came out this year. Um, the original Suspiria by Dario Argento is uh, a movie I'd heard about on like you know Monster Madness and that kind of thing. So I saw that they were having a remake come out. I'm like, well, I'll watch the old one before I go see the new one. And uh, I, so I downloaded it and watched it probably a couple of days before I saw this one. The originals, I mean, by no, no means perfect. It's very 70s and, you know, weird because everyone's like, I guess what uh, Dario Argento does is he lets his actors like do all their lines in whatever language they speak, <laughs> which is usually different languages. And then he'll have them like redub the thing later on with the actual like whatever language it is. So even if you are speaking English already, which some of the people were, like, <laughs> they'll have them redub their their own voice later on. It's like, well, that's just weird because nothing was really synced up. So it's weird. It's very straightforward, but it's, you know, it's got some cool 70s trippy coloring and that kind of thing. So it's got some, I guess it's got some moments. This one was just terrible. I swear they tacked on probably like an hour. So I, I want to say it was like two and a half hours long. Jesus. And they just made it so goddamn confusing. Like they tried to add more story, but making it extra confusing. <laughs> and it was just terrible. I literally had to, when I got home, I had to like look up on Wikipedia what happened in this movie because I didn't understand it for the life of me. I was like, I don't know what I just watched. I have no idea what the fuck I named that was. <laughs> damn. None of it made any sense. Uh, Dakota Johnson is like the main star from uh, you know Fifty Shades of Grey, so that's obviously not a good thing because she is awful. It's a bad um, start. Yeah, they had uh, a hit girl in there, Chloe Grace Moretz, for like one scene at the very beginning, and then she just disappears, and they they really much address what happened to her. It's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> There's all kind of stuff they added stuff about like the uh, the Holocaust and stuff and. It's just like, what's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> I fucking, this movie was so confusing that I, I, I hated it. It was just not good at all. Damn. Um, number seven is the, uh, the girl in the spider's web. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the sequel to the girl with the dragon tattoo, which uh, is weird because they kind of, in America, they did that one, remember? Yep. But they never did the second one or the third one. They just skipped to this fourth one, <laughs> which already, that's not a, doesn't seem like a good idea. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I think this fourth one was written by a different person. Like the author who wrote those first three died, and then this other person just came in and was like, hey, I'm going to write a fourth one. <laughs> it's like, huh. Can you? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have the right to do this? Um... So this one had Claire Foy as the lead character, which I don't really like her very much. It had some instead of Daniel Craig, they had just some no name guy who was so forgettable. You wouldn't even know he was there. He had nothing to do in this movie. It was like, why even bother having this character again? Because there was no purpose. And uh, where the first movie was was cool and like it was just kind of a murder mystery. Like they were just, oh, this girl disappeared, was probably murdered. We're going to investigate this murder. This one was about like. Stealing nuclear fucking uh, nuclear codes and stuff. And if they don't get the secrets back, <laughs> this scary lady is going to launch the nukes of everyone in the world and destroy the whole planet and stuff like that. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Like, this is supposed to be a nice little murder mystery. Like, why is she stopping nuclear war? <laughs> She's a superhero. This is not something this. Yeah. That's basically what they're trying to do. It's like, no, you're totally missing the point of this character. 
This is not the kind of stuff she would deal with. It, it made me so angry. Uh, number six is The Nun. Oh, yeah. I forgot Fuck this movie exists. I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. Uh, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the Conjuring movies, but at least the, the main Conjuring ones are at least okay. Uh, the Nun, though, was just bad. It was like a extra extra heavy on the period piece aspect of it, where it's just, you know, old timey and, and bloody. Nothing, yeah, nothing of any interest ever happens. It's just it was so boring. Oh, I thought we were just talking about the period <laughs> of it. <laughs> um, number five, the other John C. Riley movie on this list, Holmes and Watson. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what else we need to say about this, and other than it was just painfully unfunny. Um, just That's not what I've heard. not good at all. Yep, terrible yeah, things. As far as comedies go, it was uh, it was pretty rough. Trying to sit through the entire thing. Uh, number four is Mile 22, uh, which was a movie. I forget. Oh, what's the director's name? Damn it. Uh, uh, is it Peter Berg? Yeah, I think it's Peter Berg. Uh, a movie, another movie he made with Mark Wahlberg. They made a bunch of movies together, like Patriot's Day and uh, Lone Survivor and that oil rig one deep impact or no, it's not no deep water horizon. Yeah. That's, that's what it was. Yep. <laughs> and that's it. So I thought this was going to be along those lines since it was the two of them together again, but no, it was, uh, I guess a made up. It was not a true life story. It was just a made up story about Mark Wahlberg and his, his weird OCD things. So he had this like tie on his wrist that he kept like flicking. So he'd pull it and let it like hit him and stuff. It's like, well, that got real annoying real quick. Um, all the other characters were super annoying. There's, it was just the dumbest plot I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was like, oh, trying to be so clever, but it was fucking dumb. I had Lauren Cohan in it, which was kind of cool, but she was just a bitch, <laughs> to be honest. Like, <laughs> she was terrible. <laughs> She had, like they were throwing throwing out these weird like apps that she had so that when she talked to her ex husband it would like cut her off if she started swearing a lot and they were acting like this was a real thing that everyone should know about they were just kind of they brought up this app like early on they mentioned it by name and then it was probably twenty minutes later by the time they actually explained what the fuck it is so you're just like what the fuck are they talking about <laughs> I, uh, I I really did not enjoy this movie uh, mile twenty two is their worst movie together, I would say, by far. Um, number three is a movie I saw with the Scooch, The First Purge. Wow, this is that low? Yeah, I fucking hated this movie, man. This movie is so racist. It's one of the most racist things I've ever seen in my life. Um, the other Purge movies, I mean, they definitely seemed like they were promoting that, you know, oh, a little bit. There was like some undertone of, oh, white people are bad. This one just straight up is just like, nope, all white people are bad. All people of like any kind of color are good. <laughs> that was just straight up what they were going for every second of the movie, including the fact that most people weren't purging on this first purge. So they had to bust in like, um, you know mercenaries that the government was paying to try to make it look like people were purging and all the mercenaries are white because <laughs> apparently there's no other colors of mercenaries only white people are mercenaries that makes a lot of sense jesus is white <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> the uh, the climactic uh, fight sequence, I guess, where there's a bunch of you know, it's all in this apartment building, and like the lights are fl- blinking on and off, so it's like this strobe light effect the entire time and it's so terrible it was so hard to even literally look at the screen because you're like a dark theater and then you just got this strobe light on the screen it's like fuck this (laughs) i'm so done with this um i hated this movie uh this is the one purge movie i will definitely not buy um i had the other three i ain't buying this one i'll get it for you for christmas (laughs) 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 oh good I'll pull in old school days where I go on the street and just whip it into traffic and use it to do with CDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, number two. This uh, I'm going to have to go with the a movie we've already talked about in this very episode, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> yep. Now you know my pain. Yeah, this movie was brutal. Um, those those comic relief characters were pretty bad, but even worse is the fucking little girl, which we talked about on this on this show before, about that little girl letting the dinosaurs out. And fuck her, man. Like, she is the worst thing that has ever happened in the world. And they're just like, oh, okay, we'll adopt you, little girl who just doomed humanity. <laughs> because you didn't want to let some clone dinosaurs die. Oh, isn't that heartwarming? No, yeah. kill her. Put her in the dinosaur's mouth and watch her get eaten. <laughs> this is what you did. <laughs> Put her in the dinosaur's mouth. <laughs> Your punishment must he just be. He's like a giant skill crane and drop her in their T Rex's mouth. <laughs> That's pretty great. Oh, that movie made me so angry. So goddamn angry. I don't know if it was number two worthy, but there's some good scenes <laughs> I mean, in there the, still. The, I think that's why my top three are the top three, because they just made me angry more so than anything. It wasn't just bored. I was angry. Oh, that's true. That's good. <laughs> Which leads to my number one, the one I think I was most angry about, because all the critics love it. Eighth grade. I fucking hate this movie. Wow. <laughs> I need to watch this I movie. I could not stand it. Um, if you like nothing ever happening and just watching a girl look at her phone for two hours, you're in luck because that's all that ever fucking happens. Hmm. Is this comparable um, to like um, Little Miss Sunshine? I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with Steve Carell. I, uh, I saw parts of it when we were at Uncle Bob's that one time. I think you might have been there for that. That, or maybe you missed maybe. That, that one. But I think they had gotten it for Christmas, and we went there for Christmas one time, and they had put it on. So I saw parts of it. Um, I don't remember liking what I saw. but Yeah, well, I like those style of movies. I don't know what it is about them. Like, I like Little Miss Sunshine. Um, so maybe, I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to watch uh, Eighth Grade. Cause I, I love I Bo Burnham, I but I know it's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> it's mostly a realistic <laughs> take on a girl who's in Eighth Grade. Doing blogs. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem, is if she was at least entertaining, like, that'd be one thing. I mean, I get that she's super awkward, but normally in a movie where someone's really awkward, they get into awkward situations. You know, they're in, they're talking to somebody and they say something weird. And it's like, oh, you know, haha, that, that's weird. An awkward situation you got yourself into. This is like um, none of that. It's just, oh, yep, there she is. She's awkward. Is anything going to result of this? Is there going to be a... 
a scene revolving around this? No. She's just there. <laughs> Being awkward. <laughs> Dang. It was uh, so boring. <laughs> Never been so boring in my life. And like her dad, I feel so bad for her dad because like her dad is like, I guess her mom or uh, her mom had died at some point and her dad's just kind of raising her by himself. And he's trying to be there for her and be in her life and stuff like that. And she is just, even though she has no friends and nothing else to do, she is just being a complete bitch to him. Damn. Like they're trying to have dinner and she's just like, got her headphones on and looking at her phone and won't, you know, even look at her dad. <laughs> just like, what the fuck? This guy's trying. Like, it's not like you have anything better to do. It's not like you're actually talking to your friends. You have no friends. <laughs> you're not doing anything. No one is texting you that you have to reply to. <laughs> That's you just girls. No That's just girls being girls. <laughs> yeah. So I have no doubt that this is realistic. It's just, how about you make something that's entertaining? <laughs> it's true. Are you not entertained? <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> Please, never do this again. So that's uh, that's my top, or my, my bottom 17, as it turns out, because I had two number nines. Yep. <laughs> uh, I got a couple quick awards to give in the bad department. Um, I'm going to say most overrated horror movie of last year. It's kind of a tie between A Quiet Place and Bird Box. Although I think really Bird Box is kind of taking this one because oh, yeah. it's way fucking overrated. <laughs> Quiet Place, like people liked, but I didn't hear them going nearly as fucking nuts and creating 800 memes about yeah, it. This is overhyped to a, a new level. Yeah. It's so boring it's to watch. It's so stupid. It makes me angry every time I see a stupid Sandra Bullock around. <laughs> You're making me hate Sandy, America's sweetheart. Yep. <laughs> um, most overrated movie overall. Looking at you, Black Panther. Oh. This was uh, in the. I would put this in my lower half of Marvel movies for sure. Uh, it's got a lot of problems, but everyone's acting like, oh man, it should be up for the Oscars. <laughs> like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? This is not the Marvel movie that should be up for an Oscar. It was not even close to the best Marvel movie of last year. (laughs) (laughs) That's just dumb. Like, don't be stupid. (laughs) Yep. Don't let your political correctness get in the way of reality. Mm, That's a good quote, too. (laughs) Um, Most or uh, most disappointing movie from a director I like. I'm going to go with The Favorite. came out recently. It's a movie uh, directed called The Favorite? By, yeah. Um, it was directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, I think his name is. Okay. He was the guy who directed uh, Dogtooth, which I know we've both seen. I've um, seen it. Oh, you remember? I thought you saw Dogtooth. This sounds familiar. We talked about that. that was a, it was like a foreign movie where uh, uh, this guy is raising his family, like all isolated from everyone else. And um, he's like, basically, like they see a plane flying in the sky, and he throws like a little toy plane on the ground, telling him that, that was the plane that they saw and shit like that. And like he's let, he has this woman come in, and uh, the son is like banging the so that his son can have sex with the woman, and then like she ends up getting fired, and he's like, okay, now you can have sex with one of your sisters. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Hold on, let me see. <laughs> so we're gonna look at some images. 
I don't think I've actually and there's seen one point this. Where he like, oh, he like duct tapes a like a VHS tape to his hand and beats one of the girls with it at one point. It's so weird. It's on a lot of people's like most disturbing lists, so I think that's what when we at least we talked about the yeah we may have talked it. about it, but for some reason I this never showed up on my radar. I don't even know what any of this is. Oh, yeah, it's weird. I think it's on Shutter. I want to watch it again, but I just don't want to do all the reading again. <laughs> oh, because it's foreign. Yeah, yeah. But it's a very it's a good movie. It's very weird. Um, and then he started doing actual more English movies. Movies like he did the lobster. Did you ever see the lobster? Nope. I like that movie a lot. Um, and then he did um, oh the killing of a sacred deer the year before. I like that movie again. Very weird. Um, all his movies that people have like talk in this really weird, uh, like a very strange way. Or it's not like, like very naturalistic readings of these dialogue. It's very clearly like precise and very strange and very very his own style but this movie was just a period piece set in like the 1700s or maybe early 1800s in like britain and basically the queen is kind of getting up there in years and she's got this rachel vice is playing like her you know her best friend and like the woman who's kind of got her ear and then like emma stone shows up and she kind of trying to supplant uh, rachel vice and kind of come try to become her favorite basically and it's just kind of them competing. And it's very much like the other movies he made were very weird. And, you know, like, I don't know where this is going or what's going on. But this movie is very much what it set out. Like what you saw in the trailer, it's exactly what you get. And it's not very good. <laughs> but people seem to be loving this movie. Um, I don't know why. I don't really like period pieces set that far back in the past to begin with. And this one really didn't do anything different to uh, set itself apart from those. So, yeah, I did not really like the favorite hmm. um, um a lot of people seem to be loving it but don't don't get all the love that one got um and then finally the most why the hell did i even see this movie of the year <laughs> this was a movie called the i gotta look it up again the haunting on fraternity row uh-huh <laughs> yeah uh, this was one of these movies like uh, the Imagine Theater they go to all the time. They'll do this sometimes where they have like one movie that is not getting a lot of showings. It basically gets they'll show it once a day, if that, uh, maybe only on the weekend. And it's just kind of a, more of an independent movie that people haven't really heard of. Um, a lot of the times they're horror movies, like low budget horror movies. So I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. Uh, I went to go see one of these yesterday. It was fucking terrible. Um, this one was not as bad like it didn't make the bottom 17 but it's not good either um i don't know why i bothered seeing it was basically about a fraternity that is uh having a big luau party you know for whatever and they end up smashing through one of the walls and turns out that wall was like keeping the ghosts in basically that's like (laughs) so all kind of weird it's rain of fire but with ghosts they smash through one of the mine walls and dragons come out in that one but this one is ghosties Pretty much perfect, and uh, it's found it's found footage, so maybe you'd like that aspect of it. Um, it's basically <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of just weird stuff that starts happening at their party, and everyone's kind of being douchebags. The, uh, the The biggest problem with this movie, I thought, was one of the guys, his like younger brother, shows up, who's not supposed to be there. He just kind of shows up at this party, and they're trying to. He's underage, so they don't want him partying with them. But he's like, oh, he's, he wants to be a big partier, even though he's not really a big partier. And that kid is played by 
you know the guy from um, Jeepers Creepers 3 that had all the freckles? His face was like nothing but freckles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like this younger brother. And like, it's like, oh, boy, I always wanted to see that guy play a big partier. <laughs> mm. Nope. Like, he's trying to play Stifler almost, but oh, he's no. just a guy with a lot of freckles. It's like, this is not good. <laughs> so, yeah, I was the only one in the theater for that. I know for sure that I was literally the only one in the theater that day. <laughs> like, I think it was the day I went to go see Bohemian Rhapsody. And I was like, well, it starts kind of right after that. So maybe I'll just go see it. And I did. And yeah. It was, uh, it's clear why I was the only one in the theater for that. Cause it was pretty, pretty bad. Just trash. <laughs> Same with the movie I went to yesterday. I was the only one in the theater. Oh, there you go. I'm like, I like this, but I don't like this movie. <laughs> there's, there's reasons for this. Yep. I but finally watched like uh, bucks, so. a little bit of hereditary or whatever it was. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing cause it really fell off. Pretty hard really shortly after the girl dies. Boy, oh boy. Um, but I did watch Annihilation. I enjoyed that movie quite a bit, yeah. actually. Um, Annihilation is so good. Yeah, I really like that. Now you movie. didn't like the dubstep at the end, but. Yeah, the dubstep <laughs> was it. kind of weird. I liked the way the alien looked. It was really cool. I liked that whole scene. I just, it sounded weird that yeah. it wasn't just like dubstep, like a bunch of sounds. It was making a song. <laughs> like it was just a straight up song that I'm yeah. pretty goddamn sure I've heard before. <laughs> And what? Oh, I said it was Usher. That's right. Yeah, Dead by Daylight. <laughs> but um, it was weird. But uh, yeah, I really like that movie a lot. Some really cool creatures in there. A lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, good practical effects, too. I mean, even that bear thing had some yeah. practical effects, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I like that movie. I like, that the, uh, like the thing with the stomach, like when they were cutting that one guy open. Yeah, and everything was moving. And it was like intestines all just moving around and shit. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that, I mean, I wouldn't, I guess I'm not completely surprised. I could see how that movie didn't, wouldn't do as well. I wouldn't say like some of the, some of the writing wasn't the best, but I like the effects. I like the idea of the thing too. I like the whole idea of the shimmer. Yeah. It was such a cool, yeah. cool concept. I don't know if it was completely executed to its best ability, but I don't know. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. They, uh, I think that was like, those were based on like three books I wanted to say and they kind of just condensed it all into one oh. so maybe that's why i felt a little a little strange but i was yeah i was gonna try to listen to the audiobooks um but i don't know it seems like it seems like they very much are very different than what the books were like they totally took a lot of liberties oh. <laughs> like i want to say that uh yeah so maybe this was just the first book but they still took a lot of they changed a lot of things so i think i like the movie the way it is maybe i don't want to go back and hear the book because if it's totally different, I might not like it. I'm always scared about listening to audiobooks because I've never really read a book in my life, so I'm, I don't know what to like how to conceptualize a book in my mind. Like I've, graphic novels, I I can get into because I'm actually looking at the pictures and I can conceptualize. But like when I'm actually like uh, reading stuff, like my imagination will take place really mm-hmm. crazy because that's how my imagination works. But uh, I just can't go back into it because I forget everything that I've read before and I'm not going to reread everything. That's just a waste of time. So, um, yeah. audiobooks like adventure zone, uh, the podcast that I listened to with the McElroy brothers, um, that was beautiful. That's still probably the greatest story that I've ever listened to in my entire life. I, it's one of the greatest things I've ever listened to. And I don't know if that's comparable to an audio book. Maybe it's very close or something 
near that. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, I've started to listen to a lot of uh, audiobooks lately. I listened to the first Jurassic Park a while back. I listened to, like, all the Hannibal books, like Silence of the Lambs and all that stuff. Um, I listened to The Shining recently, mm. and I'm listening to, like, the sequel now, Dr. Sleep. So I'm trying to find out what that's about, because that movie should be coming out soon, I think. Oh. They're actually doing a, a sequel, a yeah. movie version of that, so. Yeah. So... It's uh, Doctor Sleep is weird. Apparently, <laughs> there's like all these people who are like, um, shining vampires practically. No, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's weird. Like they go around basically drinking the shining from people instead of blood, just feeding off of their shining. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. That does make a lot of sense. I would watch the uh, like behind the scenes, like uh, some like never before seen behind the scenes of uh, the shining. It was on YouTube, which was really, really cool to watch. Like, uh, just like the actors and even, uh, what's his face, the director, goddamn, whatever his name is. Um, it's just, it, it, Kubrick. it's, yeah, Kubrick. Thank you. Stanley Kubrick. Uh, such a unique, unique sense of what goes on behind the scenes. Cause I know during that movie, it was extremely hard for what, whatever faced is uh Shelly or Shelby or whatever. I can't remember the actress's name. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Shelly Duvall. Yeah. Shelly Duvall. She is so bad. She, <laughs> it was very difficult for her in that movie because there was the scene where she's running around with the bat. I think and it took her like hours and hours and hours of doing that scene over. Like there was time. Did we have this talk before? Uh, we might have. Um, or maybe no. I. Oh, maybe it was the documentary I, I watched. I can't remember. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it took her hours to the point to where she actually was crying and in complete pain because she didn't want to keep doing this over and over and over again. <laughs> They're like, nope, you got to do it again. And it's just interesting <laughs> to watch uh, that kind of actually take place behind the scenes. I don't have a documentary telling me. I'm actually watching her like. Like yeah. she's so stressed out that she's like <laughs> losing hair. I was like, oh, and of course Stanley Kubrick's like, no, Shit. that's not clumps of hair. That's just the hair. <laughs> <laughs> so you just saw how like she was treated on set. <laughs> she's like, just stop complaining and play the goddamn character. <laughs> just be terrified, like you are right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's weird because I always heard like Stephen King hated that movie. He was like, oh, it's nothing like the book. Like, now that I've listened to the book, it's not that far off. There's definitely some differences, but it's not like, oh, he totally went in a different direction altogether. Like, I mean, there are some, some differences, but it definitely captures, you know, most of the book, I would say. Are there flying think, turtles in the book? <laughs> no flying turtles. One, no. Oh, no. The, uh, the hedge animals come alive. Mm. So maybe flying turtles. That's weird. <laughs> I think it was more a lion and that kind of stuff, but strange. You know, that, was, that was strange. Yeah. Interesting. The, uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's, unless you got anything else that might conclude this episode. Well, I'm good. If you are, Oh, I'm golden. Like a pony boy <laughs> and a shower that I like to take. <laughs> All righty. Well, my name is Peter Jenk. That's Kevin Jenk. This has been another great episode from the original Janksters. And as always, remember to flip that tip. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye. Oh.
Everything's coming up Millhouse!